0: Welcome to a special mailbag episode of the It's a Mimic podcast where I, Adam, am sitting down with one of our Patreon subscribers, Andre, who has generously become our first patron of Metallic Great Worm status. And that means that he's able to sit down and record an episode with us, and he decided that today we're going to be building a small dungeon from the ground up. But before we get started, let's get to know Andre a
1: little bit. Hi. So,
0: <laughs> hi Andre, how are you? I'm
1: doing fantastic.
0: you want to uh, tell everybody where you're from and who you are and all your important stats?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, I am from the very famous place of Iceland. Uh, Probably heard of it once or twice in the news, especially around 2010. (laughs) 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 I live in the capital area of Iceland. I am originally from the hillbilly part of Iceland, though. And, yeah, I mean... (laughs) Have you uh, have you lived in Iceland your whole life, or? Uh, no, I lived in Denmark for two years. Unfortunately, I had the displeasure of living there. <laughs> All right, our, our handful of Danish <laughs> that I'm sure
0: exist out there are going to come. They play. are.
1: They yeah. they know what they did.
0: <laughs> um, when did you start playing D and D? How long have you been playing for? Ooh, I think
1: around. I've not played for a long time. Three, four years top. I have. Yeah. I think I had my first session two thousand nineteen, and then there was like a hiatus because of COVID mostly. But in Iceland, the regulations then uh, oh sensitive subject COVID sorry, <laughs> um, uh, the the regulations lifted a little bit uh, the latter part of the summer two thousand twenty, and that's when I got into my first group, which I'm still a part of.
0: That's very similar as far as the uh, the COVID regulations lifting. That was kind of the same timeline that we had here. Um, yeah. But then we held off, personally, our group held off for a while after that because, you know, the regulations lifted, but the numbers were still sky high, right? So. Yeah,
1: I mean, a similar thing happened here. Uh, but when, when we saw the numbers spike, but the regulations didn't uh, stop or, or increase, we just, we went over online and that worked for a little bit. <laughs> it was a bit chaotic, but it worked.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, COVID actually probably brought a lot of people into d d So you yes. say you haven't been playing for very long, but I think that you've probably been playing an almost average amount. You know, there are I... a handful of people like like me and Dave that have been playing for decades, but
1: then there's... Yeah, I am lucky enough to still be young. Uh, I'm only 20. Oh, uh, you're,
0: you're hitting me right in the heart.
1: God yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, but um, so... We only had to worry about school most of the time, mm-hmm. so um, uh, but uh, I have been playing like weekly sessions pretty regularly. Um, so do you DM? Uh, I do. Um, I have my own kind of homebrew world. I have taken some lore from Forgotten Grounds and just lore I like, put a uh, jam packed it into this world, and um. And currently, the group that is playing in that world is playing on one side of the continent, mm-hmm. because the other side of the continent doesn't know the existence of, doesn't know about the existence of it because there's a huge like wall of mountains. Um, uh, there's a mountain range. That's the word for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's uh, that's that's really cool. Um, when we were talking beforehand, you uh, you said you just finished playing a session.
1: Yes, I just freshly came out of one. Were, you were uh, and... that one. No, I was a player. Uh, I I have the great pleasure of that in our group, we have made it a, our personal mission not to make a forever DM. Nice, uh, I wonder so, what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, one, one day, man, one day, surely.
0: <laughs> so you guys just rotate through that one then?
1: Um, yes, On um, so I play every Thursday uh, when I'm not at work, because my work is very sporadic. I can get to that later. Um, uh, so i used to dm there as well but that kind of subsided because of work because it would become too infrequent to actually hold a good like steady flow of the campaign so we put that on hold and yeah. everybody was fine with that uh, technically if i count the amount of campaigns i'm in now this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna get mathy so oh. two three technically i'm in five campaigns and i'm dming one of them <laughs>
0: That uh, that sounds crazy and hectic. Do you have time for anything else besides D anD
1: D? Any hobbies uh, I, or passions or anything I, else? I I have time. I paint minis. Oh yeah, um, and I have time for that. Surprisingly enough, uh, if Pepperina actually listens to this, she'll she'll love my dragon collection that I have.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, okay, you're gonna have to post that in the Patreon.
1: I will. I will line up my dragons very prettily and uh, tag her. Some one of them isn't quite finished, but uh, I'm sure she can forgive that. Um, I can uh, see I mean,
0: the huge uh, no, Star like, Wars display. Yeah, we were we were comparing yeah. Lego Star Wars displays in the background before we. Yeah,
1: Rebels, I mean, so. there's more over there on my like big <laughs> cabinet. Like I have, I have a sizable collection. I'd like to say, but um, I I play video games. <laughs> I mean, the classic twenty year old thing. <laughs>
0: I feel like I'm the only person under the age of 60 that doesn't play video. Games. <laughs> Everybody I, I know, mean, I, I sit there and I smile and nod and my eyes glaze over a little bit.
1: No, I mean uh I mean I don't always play video games. Uh there I take rounds. Sometimes I just sit at my computer listening to something and painting electric like oh, yeah, videos that, in that, the that background or amazing. the podcast even. Yeah, that's that's it's it's therapeutic. Yeah, I
0: don't paint, but I, I make maps, right? So when uh,
1: does drinking whiskey come as a hobby? <laughs> now, before anyone in, in gets Canada, panicked yes. here in Canada that before, get, before the United States get crazy, the legal age in Iceland is 20. Back off. Oh, that's late. In Canada, it's 19. In some provinces, it's 18. I mean in Denmark it's 16, 18. You, yeah. can, drink it, the light, you can drink the light stuff 16. Oh, that's cool! I, mean, I didn't know that they're like that's like a graduated system. That's that's all right. I mean, there's a reason why they're like that. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop <laughs> <dish. We're>
0: talking <laughs> about them like we talk about French Canadians.
1: Yeah, um, it's 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 very similar. It's actually very similar that time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, what's your favorite D and D class or subclass? You just finished playing. What what are you playing? So
1: I'm playing a, a homebrew class right now. I am playing a a, a fiend sorcerer. Uh, so a bloodline of a fiend. Mm-hmm. uh the funny thing about it and my favorite part i'm an ASMR playing it i'm i'm an ASMR race with a fiendish bloodline in sorcery that's and i think that's it's really cool. i think it's fun i think it's fantastic because uh so in that world he has his own gods and system i'm not going to go too far into it because i don't know if he wants it out in the world but my character my rules <laughs> So basically, I got a blessing to become an ASMR, but that blessing got overtaken by some fiendish influence, I think we made the lore, or the story, Mm -hmm. which is fun, because I am all about fire as that character, and it's uh, muy bueno. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, the extent of my Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We've got a similar thing.
0: Mieka's playing a um, tiefling who is a celestial warlock, and her oh yeah. Story I, is that I, I, her, yeah i remember that yeah her parents are an asomar and a tiefling and
1: yeah, uh, uh her, her it was it was and... sorry it was keyleth that was the the mother and
0: yeah. oh and uh and the father's name was Stubins.
1: stuben that's right i just listened to the 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 patreon exclusive hydra uh for uh, hydra oh not God, too long yeah. ago which, um, fantastic
0: series, by the way, it's fantastic. Well, thank you. It's, it's wild. I'm, I'm about to, um, <laughs> as soon as we're done here, I'm recording a little supplement. So by the time that, that uh, this comes out, I think that'll be it. Um, Very fun. I, keep, I keep getting questions about it. I'm like, I don't have 45 <laughs> minutes to type. I'll just talk for 10. Um, but, uh, let's, uh, let's jump into this, uh, today. The reason people clicked on it, which is building a dungeon. So, um, yes. uh, first and foremost, when it comes to dungeon building, uh, it's, You don't have to go as deep as we're getting into it today, right? So for the average person, the average new DM, a lot of the times they come up with a very simple three or four or five room dungeon where um, it is an entrance into usually a tomb or, you know, very simplistic catacombs, a mausoleum, where they've got to, you know, go slightly underground. And, uh, or, you know, it's a sewer system or kobold warrens or, tunnels of some sort of cave system where yeah. goblins are. And it's a number of of small rooms. Each one of them has one thing to do in it, which is fight a goblin, solve a puzzle, avoid the trap, right? Most people realize that traps are in between rooms. They tend to trap doors more than anything else or hallways. Uh, and uh, they get to the very end, which is usually a boss fight. You get the item, you save the villager that got kidnapped, or you, you know, slay the beast, whatever it is, and the dungeon is done. That's very simplistic. Yep. That's great for a one shot, but I don't find that shit useful for me. <laughs> I've been DMing for so long, and my players have been playing for so long that that kind of dungeon, they would say, "Oh, that was it," and it would be underwhelming. Uh, yeah. Um, the big thing that we started about. When we started the podcast way 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 back when we were like let's inspire people who um who have the material the fifth end material but the fifth end material is light it's broad but it's not deep right not yeah. the that it has been yeah, exactly. so yeah. we're like let's let's dig a little bit deeper into these ideas now I'm sitting here going we got to figure out how to make this stuff memorable right like <laughs> as as a DM, the best things for me, the best moments, are not in session. It's after the fact when I listen to my players talk about what happened two or three years ago, and they still remember the intricacies of an encounter or the way they will talk about a room they were in. And I'm like, that is not at all how I designed the room. It's wild that they thought about it that way, right? Yeah, so.
1: yeah. I've had a, I've had a, a, something like that happen to me. I had like a, a flying ship, if you will. One of my players immediately caught onto it didn't say anything because he wanted to see the stupidity of my other players and i love him for it i love him for doing this so my other players just fucked around with some buttons and the ship started floating but it was broken oh okay. so it was like lopsided <laughs> I, I swear to god these shits are they're, they're pain of my existence <laughs>
0: Was that like a was that a spell ship or an Eberron airship? Uh, no, uh,
1: it was it was it was a, a more closer to Eberron. Okay, but I had my own. I think I had my own spin on it. I delved very lightly into Eberron. Only mm-hmm. listened like a long time since I listened to the your guys' episode on it. It's been a long time, and um, I say a long time since it came out. That's what like two years ago. <laughs> That, that that's um, been a long time there are many
0: hours between that, that and... yeah
1: that's fair but I think it had like a like a magic crystal system that if you activate the magic crystals it would like float like okay it didn't have a, it didn't have an elemental trap to it it was just so say, yeah it was just just uh, it just works <laughs> yeah
0: don't think about it we're not we're not going to get into the tech of it it's not Star Trek Move on. yeah exactly <laughs> But So yeah, but it, like that sounds like a memorable thing. And that's what I'm always trying to do now is come up with the next memorable encounter. I'm yeah, actually exactly. in a position of my own campaign at the moment. If you're going to let me, I'll, I'm going to hit a tangent um, where for my players have been wandering through the desert for so long and they went from one location to another, but it was all desert exploration and uh, survival. And then they ended up with the false hydro. We did a little bit of a reboot and now I've dropped them in a city, which is going to be their home base and i want them right. to get to know the city because i'm going to threaten the shit out of that city later in the campaign <laughs> so i want them to know npcs i want it to feel like home i want them to each design their own apartment in the city i want them to to make their own guild house if they want to do that i want yeah, them to want know to the name to... of three different bartenders and be playing poker with the mayor because yeah, build build a life yes then i want to threaten it and i don't have any intention of destroying it i I just want to i want the stakes to be high and i know that half of my players won't build that kind of backstory so we'll build it (laughs) in game so while they're doing that what i'm doing is i've essentially conscripted them to be part of the town guard um and the warden the guy who runs it all in uh in the city is actually one of dan's old characters who's been relegated to npc status and so he is um, he's essentially conscripted them to be the town guard so that they're doing little one-off nothing missions while the town itself is going to be the big set piece and the memorable part. I want them to... This gives me the opportunity to give them all of the monsters that I will never use, right? Oh, Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, With random encounters almost all of the time. I'm also (laughs) letting them choose which missions to go on. So every session I provide them with four options and then they will pick one or two, right? So... Um, I'm curious to see, it's kind of a test for myself or their level five, this is going to happen to level like nine. I'm curious yeah. to see which ones stick out in their heads and why, because this is kind of me testing myself to see where I need to change and grow as a DM, um, with a little bit of meta knowledge. So I'm always playing and trying to figure out how to make it memorable because we play for the laughs and for the fun and for the story. Right. Exa- yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, Exactly. So the unique thing about a dungeon um, is that a dungeon gives us the ability to not just have unique story and a unique monster, which is what the monsters of the, the multiverse is. They're, it's full of all the unique ones beyond just the, oh, another owl bear. Hey, look, a kobold, <laughs> right? It's all the really weird shit. So why I like, we, even like the Spelljammer books. books, the Spelljammer books are nonsense, but I love having the monster, the booze menagerie, because it's full of monsters they haven't seen and so I will go out and buy minis and just be like okay what is this in the book and how can I use this right yeah a lot of my random encounters are inspired by the minis I buy um because it's it's a challenge for me but what a dungeon brings to the table is the ability to have a unique location and you get to design it um kind of from the ground up uh or the ground down I guess is the case with the dungeon and uh and um you can put a lot of thought and effort into it, and it will be immediately reflected in the next session, right? Instead of me building the city and slowly unveiling it for a number of, of months or people that put a lot of uh, time and effort into uh, like a big, cool political um, asylum or a, a a temple of some sort. or And the players don't go into half of the rooms, right? In a dungeon, they go into every room and they
1: interact with everything. Yeah it's 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 a dungeon how I look at it it is it is slightly railroady because it is just the one way technically but of course they they chose to go into the dungeon so they're doing it to themselves now there will be some people that will argue with that
0: because I think that there are there's a lot of Dungeons that have multiple different paths to go on
1: I mean of course of course for that I mean I I haven't played Mad Mage to in my defense I uh, of course, this is you people can argue with me all they want. Uh this is just how I see it because the amount of dungeons I've gone into is very few. But, yeah, I've gone into very few dungeons. But you're you're still right. So Dave, Dave and Kyle
0: and James have been playing Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Uh James is a recent addition to that campaign, but Kyle's been there since day one. They've been playing it for like two and a half years. They're Jesus. not they're like a third of the way through. Wow. So um the dungeons are massive. But there's still I, I would still argue it's still linear because you have to go from point A to point B. There's a million yeah, things in be between. There are all these different paths, but you still have to get to the next level and you work your way through. So it very much is linear. So I agree with yeah. you. Um there are different paths to go in and you might not see every room, but there's enough um of a pointed direction to it that it is railroady, definitely.
1: Um yeah, I mean even if it's not rooms you might not open all the chests because uh, you're not going to run across w-
0: every single hidden passage or trap. yeah exactly
1: or-, or or like on the chests keep my players are so suspicious of everything I put down I'll put down a very just a normal chest and I'll go that's definitely a mimic I
0: ran into that for a very <laughs> very very long time and I just kept giving them normal stuff until they let the guard down so <laughs> <laughs> um like i i stopped using mimics and dark mantles and piercers for about two years and then suddenly that shit started to pop back up again it's that's the same genius. way like the moment they start to get suspicious of every single npc every npc is an ally for the next six months every npc that. that's fair. um i should probably i should do that um so let's look at uh at the design that uh that i go off of when it comes to building a dungeon so the very first thing i look at is the setup when i think of the dungeon itself my first question is what is the objective what is the thing that they're trying to do are they trying to rescue a hostage are they going in to desecrate an evil shrine to an evil god are they killing a bad guy are they interrupting a ritual are they getting an artifact are they going after a magic item Uh, or have they just been tasked by the wizard on the other side of the continent to go explore this thing and report back there's all sorts of Different reasons to go into a dungeon besides just it's there. They stumble upon the opening and here it is. Sometimes that alone is worth checking out. Um yeah. I did that to my players a couple of campaigns ago where uh there was a goblin thief who stole like a gold pouch off of them while they were sleeping. They chased it down the <laughs> dove into a hole and they went in thinking it's this tiny little hole. And nope, it was just an opening to a massive underground labyrinth. And they were like, Holy shit, they were down there for like seven sessions so that's that's amazing so let's we're going to design an actual dungeon today so yes the very first thing we need to think about is what's our objective and um andre you're the one that's in charge of this uh so i'm going to keep asking you all of the decisions um and uh so what's our reason for being down in the in the dungeon in the first place
1: so um what i my idea for it is because i want to use this for my party i said to you before i don't remember mm-hmm. if you had started the recording then their objective is to get I've, uh, an artifact that allows that gives them information in that sense or it's an object i wouldn't call it an artifact so to say personally in how i want to do it of course people can do what they want sure of course um, but that's that's what their objective is but i want to I have been planning in my head to pull a sneaky on him and have a bad guy there instead.
0: Okay. So that's my next question is who's the antagonist. And whenever I come up with an antagonist, before you give the answer, whenever I come up with an antagonist, I ask, first of all, are they alive? Yes. Because very much so. Because we have, you know, for example, Tiamat is in the nine hells. The last avatar of Tiamat was killed, right? But it could be a Tiamat shrine, right? So her influence could be everywhere. Um, is are they undead like a Sararak or Vecna, or are they very much like an orc captain, right? Or someone that's running around alive? And then I ask myself, do if, if they're alive, do they have access to magic? If they're no longer alive, did they have access to magic? And that's going yeah. to give me the ability to design the rooms a little bit differently depending on the kind of magic that they have. If it's divine magic, there's going to be a lot of blessings and curses. If it's arcane magic, you're just going to have weird shit like. The, there are no stairs, there are floating rocks that get up to the next level, right? But they can only hold a certain amount of weight, right? And I can make puzzles and shit around that. The next question actually is traps. Are they likely to create traps? Um, are the traps deadly or are they just like deterrence? Like, hey, don't come in here. Is it a poison dart that's meant to kill a villager? And you think villager level. So AC yeah. of 10, four hit points, right? Exactly, yeah, precisely. If it's a darts that does one damage that's a deterrent if it does 1d10 poison that's meant to kill a villager <laughs> right they won't kill your adventurers but it's meant to kill a villager if it's yeah. also like meant to stop an army from coming in then it's a lot of darts doing one D10, right? <laughs> so um are the traps magical uh that's going to depend on whether or not they had access to magic and my favorite thing is And I learned this from the Tomb of Horrors. Do they keep people out or do they keep people in? Because if the door slams behind you and there's no way to open it, you're fucked and the only way through is forward. And that's That's... a very different feeling to the door slams in front of you and you can't get in, right? Yeah,
1: that's fantastic, actually.
0: Um, And then I think about uh, what was the original purpose of the dungeon? Has it been repurposed or why? Was it built by somebody else? Um, I love to do that because it adds a couple of different layers to it. The kobolds oh, yeah. that are living in the the shrine to the fire giant god means that I can have kobolds for the first little bit and all sorts of really rudimentary traps and then giant-level runic magic <sighs> shit for the second half. And that's memorable, right? Especially when, nah. when the kobolds are you know they retreat deeper into the shrine trigger trap the kobolds die in front of the party all right that's going to be something that they all remember so has this dungeon been abandoned was it cursed did people just forget it existed because it was an old order of monks that just disappeared one day uh was it raided is it inhospitable due to environmental reasons or is it just uncomfortable to be here because it's too hot or too cold or too moist right um And again, did these people, the the people that made the dungeon, did they have access to magic? So not just the inhabitants, but also the designers. Um, And uh, did they have the ability to create traps as well? So all those same questions, like are they deterrents? Are they deadly? Do they keep people in or out? Are the traps magical? Um, And then the last thing I think about are what are the surrounding lands? Because as I learned, dropping a pyramid in a desert is a very, very, very different feeling than dropping a pyramid in a jungle right you're going to have different kinds of creatures in and around it's going to be a very different kind of plant life um and uh and different themes right so
1: yeah exactly i mean the environment the environmental factor alone is is staggering like uh you think of the i I immediately thought of the the pyramids in egypt when you said desert then then you said jungle and i'm thinking aztec or like mayan
0: yeah and and there are lots, That's there are lots drastic. of there lots of
1: out there. It's yeah, it's drastic.
0: And like what is a pyramid underwater? What is a pyramid inside of volcano? <laughs> right? like you you can really extrapolate and just go as as interesting as you'd like on this as long as it's memorable. If yeah. you don't want the memorable thing to be the location, you want it to be the bad guy, uh, I would still say, yeah, add a little bit of that unique environment to it. Um, it's at the very least not going to hurt your narrative, right? So, yeah. Um, and also, how long did it take to get there? Because <laughs> one of the things we're going to talk about in a little bit is the concept of resource management. That is what a dungeon is for, and that is what Dungeons and Dragons is: is role playing and resource management, right? So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, do you have any ideas about who your bad guy is and uh, what else is going on in this dungeon? Yes. So,
1: I my main idea because my just to add some context on that one my my viewpoint of how i wanted to do it as um i they are looking for a sapphire dragon the sapphire dragon is not going to be in the dungeon because i'm not going to make that easy for him (laughs) um but instead i'm going to have something that leads to it in the dungeon i also uh but it's not going to be that easy again i uh had various thoughts on what to have in there. I varied maybe from like a, a low-level... I say low-level lich. That's not really a thing, is it? Uh, uh,
0: there are some, <laughs> some lower-level liches. Hold on. I know that the Undead series just,
1: uh, just covered that. Give me one sec. I can look. Yeah, fantastic. This is, this is great, guys. If you need help, just ask Adam. He has everything. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: are so many notes. The Google Drives,
1: and there are multiple, are bursting. Oh, uh, I can imagine.
0: <laughs> the lowest level lich that we get is in Ravnica. It's a CR fourteen and it's the Devkarin Lich. Um, and then the next one is the Eldritch Lich that Mieka and I covered in the the I
1: remember of- that one. I do C R that
0: fifteen. Those Jesus seem a little bit uh overpowered for
1: <laughs> uh, how, what what level is your party? Uh I think if I remember correctly, it's been a while since we played because um because of my schedule problems. <laughs> um I if I remember correctly, they're like level seven-ish. I think so they that, might be on the cusp of eighth. That is a huge gap um yeah.
0: between level 15 and level eight. I'm, and you can gonna, you can homebrew the book. lich down.
1: Just grabbing my book. There we go. <laughs> Cause I I am like Terry and Peps. I love dragons. <laughs> they um, are my favorite thing.
0: If you wanted something that's lich-flavored, that's not quite as high level, in no, um, Tales from the Yawning Portal, there's the Lesser Mummy Lord. Ooh. So it's it's it says it's a CR 15, but it's missing a lot of the spellcasting stuff as well, but it's still got some really nasty, deadly things. And you could reskin it to be a lich pretty easily, and it'll probably punch... At about a CR 13, um, it only has 97 hit points on average. So a level 7 party should be able to work through it, even if you yeah. give it max hit points.
1: I mean, okay, I, I'll i admit. My, uh, <laughs> my, this current party is homebrewed to absolute shit. So they are. So the CR system for my campaign doesn't work, <laughs> like, at all. I have had uh, them fight, like... What they're when they were sixth level i've had them fight something that was cr like eight nine they chewed through that shit like it was ridiculous
0: i feel like by the middle to end of tier two everybody most parties unless you are just starting at that point most yeah. parties that have earned their way up have enough magic items and allies and they've worked together long enough to know what the tactics are that they're yeah. they're clearly punching outside of their weight class which is fantastic but that's why I like something like the Lesser Mummy Lord, um, as opposed, or maybe even the Dove Card Lich, as opposed to a full Lich, because that'll be CR 14, 15. You yeah. might be able to knock a couple of them down, but you shouldn't necessarily be
1: killing them, right? No, yeah, precisely. Um, then, uh, some other ideas I had as well for bad guys was, uh, because this, um, i remember listening to the sapphire dragon episode very recently mm-hmm. because i think that one just came out like a few weeks ago yeah i think um like because they i remember they they changed layers i remember that part that yep. stuck out for some reason and i i had thought because sapphire dragons are very territorial and strategic that they would uh, they would do traps they would do they would make a standard dungeon but because I, I like to be a pain to my players, like any good DM. <laughs> um, uh, I because that is a, a an already made layer, so to say, or in this case, a dungeon. Because a a layer should be a dungeon. How I feel yeah. about it sometimes. Like uh, if you are making your way, not not in the same sense, but it should like. You have it the same level as... of
0: having to travel through it, and there are yes. like portions of it to interact with before you get to the center.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's not, it's not the same. It is not a potato and a potato. It's, it's, a, it's. A, there's a difference, of course. But uh, an idea that also flew around in my head was putting a deep dragon in there because I find deep dragons very interesting. They're very fun.
0: <laughs> deep dragons are are awesome. Yeah, um...
1: they are. They are the the purple dragons of previous edition, aren't they? I yeah, that was the lore
0: yeah they're from they're from the underdark as a general rule so you yeah. could have one that has they burrow right like that's their thing they,
1: they do yeah they do um they do everything uh, actually they burrow fly and swim <laughs> they,
0: and walk. Well, they can't they can't climb to save their lives but um i
1: mean do you need fly? do you need climbing when you can fly
0: <laughs> but you could definitely put like an adult deep dragon yeah you know, that's cr11 right
1: yeah, I'm, i i had that open right right here yeah cr11 you're absolutely right incidentally
0: uh, i do not have an encyclopedic knowledge of this i just have <laughs> I, I just have years of notes that are easy to navigate yeah
1: so. yeah that's fair uh, i i very rarely bother with notes because i am um, chaotic with my stuff it's thrown <laughs> all over the place my desk is a mess <laughs> but i know where everything is
0: Uh, My my (laughs) computer is far more organized than my personal life because who has time to do dishes when I've got D and D notes to do. Um,
1: Precisely, Amen, brother. (laughs) uh,
0: um, But okay, so
1: um, do you want to put a deep dragon in there then? I think that could be really funny because uh, the deep dragons is that was a spores one, yeah. Yeah, it has spores and like it's uh, honestly out of the new dragons, it's probably the most interesting ones.
0: I'm really, I haven't had the opportunity yet. I'm really interested in looking at uh, the Death Dragons from Dragonlance. That's the next one that's got me interested.
1: That's right. Dragonlance just came out recently.
0: Yeah, I I have the book. (laughs) I know what the art looks like. I've skimmed over it, but I haven't really sat down and mulled it over. So, um, okay. So a Sapphire Dragon created this layer, but an adult Deep Dragon moved in.
1: Yes, I think that could be a fun because I know that my players are expecting a sapphire in there, mm-hmm. which oh. is fantastic. So um, that's really cool. One of the things we can look at then is kind of the <laughs>
0: the layer actions um and what they what they might have in common, the regional effects as well. Yes. Um
1: I will see if I can't find it in my book here, my fantastic Fisbins book. So yeah, it's, it's
0: all about um my, let me see there's something about not being able to harm if i remember correctly anything that contains knowledge like scrolls there's something about dreams i think it just means that you don't sleep well but there, i would use that as an opportunity to do more things um and uh like give messages or or make them roll constitution saves to get a, a full night's sleep um and then uh the last one was about uh, extra growth of like like fungi and and uh, foliage and whatnot around as well. So yes. um, that is that is off the top of my head, but it is because I just edited that episode a couple of months ago.
1: So um, I'm still trying to find the page. I can't navigate a book to save my life. Apparently, <laughs> um, I am looking at this. So are is there, there going to have followers then? Um, we, mean, have to, if we, we have to fill the do, dungeon, right? So that's right. Yeah. I mean, Cobalt's that's an easy one. I feel Kobolds, cultists and half
0: dragons tend to yes. be good ones. We also have the ability to use Draconians from Dragonlance as well because they're a little bit easier than. Um... I
1: mean, I think, uh, uh, I mean, what deep dragons are not s- stupid, if I remember correctly. I just had it open, they are not. Chief. Oh no, their
0: intelligence is above average. An adult deep dragon has an yeah, I,
1: a I 16.
0: Both, yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: They I definitely, I mean, even though it might not be a lore, like Forgotten Realms, fuck which is, the Forgotten Realms is interesting, but yeah. Well, I look um,
0: at it, I look at it like this: the average person before you give them everything, like all of their bonuses and whatnot, the highest that a human. Intelligence can be is a nineteen.
1: Yes, yeah. So
0: that means that our geniuses, our Albert Einsteins, our like our our massive big-brained professors are at yeah. a nineteen. The average, yeah. you know, when you talk about your friends and who, which one of them is the smartest one, they're probably like a thirteen. Oh right? yeah, definitely. Right? So definitely. so a sixteen means that this guy is like whatever your creature is is an expert on. At least a handful of things is yeah. probably very rarely wrong about stuff, uh, and is able to think through critical problems um, and come up with, uh, you know, intelligent solutions. So, one hundred percent. So a sixteen is high; like it's really high. Um, it is probably what I would say a, um, like a, an accountant, an actuarial uh, lawyer is. You know, they're very specialized in one thing. Um, yeah, or precisely. one field and, uh, and knows a bunch of other tangential shit about other things. Right. So, yeah. um, but that probably means that, um, for a dragon, they're probably a big strategist, whatever the oh, deal is, whether yeah. they like to hoard things or they want power or the, like whatever their big
1: theme is, they're very, very, very good at it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, dragons. That this is an adult. He's been living for what hundreds, uh, of almost years. a th- yeah, almost a thousand at this point. Yeah. So. So he definitely, in that time, could have at least gathered some following, some cultists, like. Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, you should have a connected.
0: Oh, let me see if I can find it.
1: Adult dragon connections. Here it is.
0: Yeah. There you go. So I would take one thing off of the adult dragons, one thing off the young dragons, one thing off of the wormlings, or even two things off of the wormlings, and that'll tell you kind of because as they go, they gain more and more followers, right? It should be a cumulative field, yeah. right? So do you want to select something, or do you want to roll randomly on the tables?
1: I think I think rolling is honestly the the, the best part of D anD. d So why not roll for it? Let's see a d six to start us off. <sighs> Three, a deep dragon wormling whimsically rules over a worshipful group of kobolds. This is perfect. Sending them to the surface to fetch delicacies the wormling wormling wyr- craves. Jesus Christ, I'm not. Good.
0: Well, okay, so so a large group of kobolds. All right, so yes. that's one. Um, that's perfect. <laughs> what's uh What's the next one? Uh,
1: so two from wormling. Let's go with that. Why not? Uh, ooh, actually, I just see number five. That's just fun. What is that? Uh, a deep dragon wormling with an experimental bent has created a garden of grey oozes. Love it. Yep, yeah, that's fun. I love oozes. They're so much fun. I don't like being against them, though. <laughs> bad memories. <laughs> bad, bad memories. Fun uh, for
0: dungeon masters, terrifying for players.
1: Yeah, precisely. <laughs> All right, uh, what uh, else
0: What else do we have? Um, for a young
1: dragon. Yeah. Is that a D6 table? That is a D6 table. Let's see. a one of this oh no a young deep dragon has captured a number of kuatoa and decided to try them out as servants instead of eating them oh why not the (laughs) kuatoa
0: that is going to throw the players for a damn loop
1: which is oh yeah that's just fun that's fantastic i love the kuatoa mostly because they frighten everybody who knows what they can do um and what do we have for uh, the adult dragon followers uh, let's see a d8 table oh, i hit my mouse there we go a six a spirit naga desperately wants to claim the key to a mysterious underground door from the horde of an adult deep dragon
0: that is intense okay so um <laughs> i think it serves my party right <laughs> yes so um but uh they want to claim it from the adult deep dragon right
1: so that's a possible like ally that could like backstab you. Like,
0: I yeah, I really like that. Um,
1: okay, it's not, so, a, it's not a yeah, a friend, a fr- uh, your enemy of my enemy is my friend type situation.
0: Mm-hmm. So here's the thing that I'm gonna do, um, and we're, I'm not gonna get super noodly in it right now, although I would if I was designing it myself. So, <laughs> uh, Andre, you, you you should take notes here. Look at the layer and the regional effects of a sapphire dragon uh yes that i have and then have that decay and become decrepit and then replace it o- over top with um the layer actions and regional effects of a uh of an adult deep dragon yeah, if you can the... tell the party ahead of time for the sapphire dragon this is what you're looking for and they come across the fact that uh, it's technically there but it's in ruin and there's something else here instead that's going to add different levels to to their exploration And that's a clue early on uh we'll see if any of them are able to figure it out right
1: yeah i mean i know one of my players can figure my shit out real quick (laughs) (laughs) there's always that one damn it yeah but luckily enough he loves his fellow players he loves to see him struggle so
0: (laughs) that is a a future dungeon dungeon master right there that's what that is. oh
1: he 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 is our uh, pathfinder dm i'm in a pathfinder game i forgot to mention
0: (laughs) (laughs) well we won't hold it against you um The uh, surrounding lands. How long does it take
1: to get here? Okay, so my, I, th- uh, so my thought is that it was going to be uh, not too far away from the the capital itself, or my or, or a city. Let's just say a city. Just to, let's not let's get too, let's not get too specific here. Uh, not too far away from a city because sapphires, as territorial as they are, they. If I remember correctly, don't mind people as long as they're left alone from, like, their lair. Yeah, I think as well,
0: though, that we've got a. It can be geographically close, but there has to be a barrier. Between...
1: Yes, 100%. Yeah. So, I've, on an island like, uh, or on the other side of a pro- map, right? an island, An island would probably be a lot of fun because deep dragons, they... As much as they hate the water, they are in it quite a lot.
0: <laughs> yep. Um... All right, so uh we have an island, and so that means that we can take a ship to get there. Yes, that's fun. All right, so um the next step is we got to look at our party next, okay? So yes. um well, we have cobalt, so we know there's gonna be traps. We know that there are great oozes which will operate as moving, living traps, and mm-hmm. we know that uh we've got an ally in there. So what's the ally doing in there? They're probably either captured or hiding. So we've got uh, a couple of interesting um geographical things to put in like unique rooms, but let's settle that aside for a second and let's look at the party themselves. You said they're yes, they're level seven. So my general yes. thought process is this when I come up with uh with designing uh, anything for DD, I look at what tier they're in and not like by the book, but what are they capable of, right So tier one, In my head is any group that is unable to control the action economy, right? So if uh, they run into an equal or more number of enemies, they're going to struggle. A tier two party, uh, and this is all generally speaking, this is just guidelines for myself. A tier two party uh, has um, area of effect spells and some strong heals, and probably your rogue uh, is really relying on evasion, (laughs) and your monk is relying on other similar get-out-of-jail-free cards with deflecting missiles and shit like that. So um, it they can be harder to hit, they will bounce back faster, and they're able to harm many enemies at once. Also, yes. they're getting multiple attacks around if they're Marshals. Tier 3 has massive damage output, they always have magical items, and they have limited access to resurrection magics, and they're likely to use it. And Tier 4, these guys have massive, massive amounts of hit points and tons of spell slots that you have to work your way through. So when it comes to designing a dungeon for these things, I look at the fact that tier 1 are probably not going to get into a room full of a bunch of enemies. If I want to swarm them with things, I'm going to give them literal swarms so there's one kind of hit point pool that they're dealing with instead yeah. of flooding the room with 25 kobolds. I'll do that at level 2 or at tier 2 and 3. I won't do that at tier 1. Um
1: yeah, exactly. tier,
0: tier 2, however, I, they've got area of effect spells, which means I'm thinking about the size and shape of rooms. It's not going to be straightforward, and it's not going to be square. I want the area of effect to not be able to hit all parts of the map. Or are they really going to blow up a fireball for these? You know, this narrow corridor.
1: Yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm knowing might trigger happy party, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, but but this is good because now they're using up um, their uh, resources. Yeah, and that's exactly. what we're looking for um strong heals is a big thing as well because i want that lets me kind of punch them pretty hard during combat uh, and give them the opportunity to heal up the moment that one of them hits half of their hit points they're gonna sit there and go oh shit who's got a health potion who's got cure wounds and now we're eating through that as well um and evasion is evasion is going to be one of those things that makes me think if i'm using traps now I have to think about Poison and Acid. I'm looking for Constitution Traps or Magical Traps that are going to force a Wisdom or Charisma save or Strength Traps because decks are just going to get past. I'll give them some decks, but I'm not going to rely on it the way that it would be um, uh, with a lower-level party or a party that doesn't have a Rogue or a Monk. Um, Tier 3 with the Massive Damage output means that I can give... Uh, max hit points to all of my uh, creatures, but I only do it for the first half of the dungeon. Um, to, and this is just to eat through their high level spells, right? Um, oh, if they've smart. got magic items, it means that I can get a little bit more creative with what I do, knowing what their magic items are. I don't mean a plus one weapon. I mean they've got a rope that yeah. can jump forty feet up in the air and tie itself to a to a outcropping of like, sure, okay, now now I can go up forty feet in the air right? I can ledges up there, so that kind of stuff. And resurrection magic means I get to take the kid gloves off and just go to town. (laughs) Um, Here four means with their huge hit points and their tons of spell slots, I have to, it almost has to be a fun house, random different rooms doing different things, and I almost have to look at things like I'm reversing gravity, I have the floor that is consistently moving and shifting underneath them, I have to, because they can change the world around them, I have to change that world in unique ways as well, right? So it's a good thing. Like dragons are fantastic for all of this stuff because they have spells. If we're going to give them layer actions, we're controlling the environment. We also give them a couple of high level spellcaster cultists or servants or whatnot that can get in there and and give them hallucinatory terrain or you know that That kind of nonsense. That is going to that spell yeah I, I love it too especially when they just walk into a freaking pool of lava uh, <laughs> but uh but these are the kind of things that i can think about at high level Um uh, even they i see the criticism online a lot that you can't do dungeons in tier four play bullshit that's all i did yeah, for my agree. tier four party
1: yeah. right like um, yeah it's you just have to eat through resources that's uh, a lot of uh, at least in my in my experience that's probably where, where i'm uh, I wouldn't say failing as a DM. Uh, I'm I'm at a standstill with my parties because I'm not eating through other resources fast enough. Uh, then like, attack their character sheet. You're, oh the yeah, prob- I, the I problem I, is you're yeah. attacking the wrong
0: parts of their of their resources. If they have a ton of spell slots, if they have a ton of hit points, yes, they're going to use up spell slots to recover the hit points. Yes, they're just going to power through some of these hits and not retreat. But now you give them exhaustion. Now you make yeah, it so that precisely. the fire is can burn the things they're carrying. Now you have it so that uh the NPC or the familiar gets killed or gets injured enough that they have to retreat back to the point where they can't be a scout anymore. Right. Yeah, so
1: I I have done that once to uh <laughs> I, I gave my druid a familiar because I personally think it's stupid that druids don't get a familiar. Of course, yeah. Uh and uh <laughs> I he uses it as a scout a lot. Yep. And once he 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 went too close to the sun, and uh, a cobalt trap just like I think it was two rocks on a, on like ropes just yeah crushed the crushed the familiar. He was like, "You monster!" I was like, "You shouldn't have sent your owl, <laughs> like my guy." <laughs>
0: you, well, I, I got to the point where because familiars are smart, right? Dan's character yeah. in one of the previous campaigns had a raven who over the course of the campaign came to hate Dan because the Raven kept getting killed <laughs> over and over again. And of course, we just keep summoning him yeah. back. because that actually died. But, yeah, but the point was, it still fucking hurts, right? Like, yeah, stop uh, making me do this.
1: Yeah, that familiar has has grown a disdain. Like, it's not hate yet, but it's like a... <sighs>
0: okay. it, it got <laughs> to the point with that character, and Mieka's character, she's packed to the chain warlock right now. So Real she... Fun she's got i gave her a tressum which is just a little cat with wings right and that that cat is um the tressum is really interesting because we're just now getting to the point of do we hate or love this tressum and so it's up to the player to try to get back on their their good side and i had dan bending over backwards to get zoltan the raven back on his side (laughs) and at the very end of the campaign that paid off and i let him i let him win that but um but uh, anyway, these are things to think about when you are looking at what level your party is what are the resources that they have Yeah if you say that they're that they're playing you know outside of their weight class they're beefed up. is it magic items? are they power uh, gamers? what
1: is it how are they doing? It's, that? So I think it is a mix of um uh it is a mix of they don't have like overly stupid magic items. It's just my players are smart enough to know how to use them against me, uh, <laughs> and they're also homebrew. Like there are some stuff like with all material you don't like all of it, so you change it here and there to make it yeah. fit and whatever. Uh, and I am uh, I like to please my players. They come with an idea. I listen. I'll think about it. If they want to play it like this, okay. I mean, we changed um, one of my players. He's a, he's not a pacifist per se. Like he's not he's not um he doesn't just not fight thankfully i mean i think i think that's fine to play i think it could be difficult however but uh let's get off of that bandwagon um that's not the right word this is what (laughs) i mean i don't know english i you're doing great (laughs) (laughs) thank you my english can be great but it also just goes into gibberish (laughs) Yeah, but my, my uh, one of my players wanted to be like an, an an empath. He wanted to feel emotions and try to help people, like heal trauma in that way. So he he's not powerful, but he his senses like he can sense emotion before he could see the person, for example. So like sneaking has become more difficult for me. That's that's a definite thing I've seen. And then one of my players is like a witch. Not a wizard, that's just a female. No, no, no. A witch class. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, it's not a stupidly powerful class, but that's my smart player. He's the troll. So he knows <laughs> what he's doing. And then hey. I think I have a, a paladin, which is can always be a little troublesome. But, I mean. The paladins have fun. the ability to change the entire makeup of the party. Oh, yeah. I, I play paladins a lot. I am yeah. fully aware of this fact. It's a lot of fun. And then I have one more homebrew. It's called a dragon rider. It's from an unofficial book. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. Uh so you don't have any sneaks then in the party, right? Not really. I'm trying to I think I might now. We just added a player. I think they might be a rogue. I don't remember off the top of my head.
0: I cannot remember the last time I DM'd even a one-shot that did not have a rogue in it. It is just a default. Someone will play a rogue. Right, that is just a thing that always happens. I am desperate yeah. <laughs> to, to make a dungeon for a party with no rogue. That sounds great to me.
1: I but- no, I, I, mean, uh, there's a potential for sneak. There's a druid. It's not because uh, they can wild shape into small bullshit. Yeah,
0: but this uh, is another thing, too, is if they're going to do that, then I'm going to separate the party. Right. Yeah, precisely. I, yeah. I do this with the familiars as well. The familiar may be able to get into the room and whatnot, but if the door closes behind them, now your familiar is cut off from the rest of your party, right? Yeah. I mean, and...
1: I, I just remembered uh my dragon rider is a dex-based one, so okay. they are sneaky. They are they they have proficiency and stealth, and they are a bit sneaky. I just remember that now. Okay. All right. So so
0: traps are going to be a factor here, but it's not going yes. to, they're not just gonna blow through them, right? So um no, I mean. Do they, do they function well as a unit? This is always a question I ask because for one-shots, they, they never as do as well as, uh, as a party <laughs> in a
1: campaign. I think because, I mean, I personally like to play a little higher level, so I... I and they do as well, so I... I like, the level of progression was a little bit faster in this campaign. So, like, I mean, that's just... oh Well, fuck. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, as a... Because we're all friends, like, we're not nobody hates each other in this party i yeah. think <laughs> probably hate me because of the bullshit i made
0: the well you're, you're the dungeon master it comes to territory. <laughs> that's,
1: that's what i'm saying i mean first session i dropped two dragons on him so like they're, they're bound to be some something
0: yeah my my party i often say i'm not adversarial and they remind me that i gave them three gelatinous cubes at level one <laughs>
1: so that was <laughs> yeah precisely. yeah precisely i mean that's just funny though. as long as the as long as everybody's having fun i think yeah that, that but, even though it's stressful that good do, do the characters
0: work as a cohesive unit <clears throat> right yes
1: i there's one outlier but they they can function well as a combat dynamic and an environmental di- dynamic roleplay okay. wise they all have their, their separate um goals of course so the like but so we've got We've got a
0: party that is in Tier 2, but is actively operating like a low Tier 3, right? Yes. So we they, can assume that they've got some massive damage output. They have magic items, but yes. they're not crazy. Do they have yeah. access to Resurrection? If they if, do, it hasn't if, come up. Like, do you have... You've got a Paladin, right? So there's at least some some innate healing. Yes,
1: there is, there is healing. The, the Druid is there. That's healing already yep. as well. And then the Witch class has potential healing and resurrection. So there is a little bit of resurrection going on, but I don't think they have any spells like, like chosen for that. Okay. So that means that
0: we can hit them hard but we shouldn't go for the kill necessarily. Yes. Um, found them don't kill them type thing. Which is uh just disappointing really. Um <laughs> there are there are a handful of other things that I immediately think about. I'm just going to fire off this list, okay? These yeah, are things course. that are going to determine how I'm going to design the rooms as well and the general layout, as well as some of the traps and puzzles. So do they have access to invisibility? Do they have high stealth? Or do they have familiars? That means that they'll scout. And if they're going to scout, I need to give them barriers they can't scout past. Right? I'm going to reward some of the, the scouting, but I'm not going to give them everything. Do they have access to detect magic, detect evil and good, or dispel magic? If they do, I've got to be aware when I'm designing my magical parts of my dungeon um, exactly what kind of magic I'm using where, and if they've got Dispel Magic, I want to have a general idea of how many spell slots they have, because if they rely on that, um, they're going to be able to get past a lot of shit, so a lot of the Dispel Magic that they're going to use early will be for inconsequential things. For example, this door is magically sealed, there's no way through it, except with magic. They'll dispel magic. Fine. That didn't mean anything. They're, they could have broken through the wall beside it. There, there's going to be a hidden passage here somewhere. But I want them to be eating up these spell slots at this level, so that they're not able to use these later in the dungeon. Yeah. Do they fly? Do they teleport? Are they able to control the different sizes? Um, for specifically movement, because I'm thinking about if like the plasmoid can squeeze through narrow spaces.
1: Right? Yeah, I.
0: And then there's which one is it yeah. that can change the is it the fairy that can become so, different
1: sizes as well yes the the fairy i think a dorigar can do the same yeah so correctly. so but, if they're playing one yeah, of these I'm, things they're going to
0: move differently and you've got to be aware of it um yeah. i'm going to immediately start thinking in vertical um dimensions as well oh yeah oh yeah um and i'm going to not have of vaulted ceilings everywhere but I will in some places just to reward the flyer if there there needs to be an impassable thing that nobody else can get past um because the levers on the other side of the force field you pull the lever the force field drops great the teleporter gets to do that showcase their ability fantastic right um and then I want to think about uh are they going to use proper battle tactics for example do you have a battle master in your group uh that, I, that just changes everything right so, yeah exactly
1: I mean I I've played a battle master or like a, uh, or a, like yeah I have it, it was a battle master it's it, it changed the way my dm had to think uh, I, if, a lot yeah <laughs> and
0: when it comes to them using battle tactics I'm now aware of am I setting up things that they can take cover behind am I giving choke points to the dungeon as well yeah. um beyond just just narrow corridors and doors Um, Are there other places for them to strategically wait and ambush? Um, If they have battle tactics, what are the battle tactics of my kobolds, right, that we're going to use in this one, right? Um, And they have to be at least as smart as the dumbest member of the party, because that will at the very (laughs) least challenge, I mean, character, not, not player, right? Yeah, so,
1: yeah, no, I know, I know, I know what you mean. But... <laughs>
0: um, the next question I have is, do they have dark vision? And this one is sneaky because if they all have dark vision, they won't bother lighting anything because they're being sneaky. Yeah,
1: if they, but if, if I remember if correctly, they... dark vision is
0: just dark, uh, grays, isn't it? It's just grayscale, except for yeah. tieflings you see in red, right? So Is that an actual thing? Yep, yeah, that's an actual thing. So
1: What? That's so <laughs> cool. I did not know this. That's actually so
0: cool. So they are – if I'm going to give them dark vision, or if they have dark vision, I'm going to give them puzzles that rely on there to be a light. Like the colors on the mural will point yeah. to a specific thing. If they don't light anything and they just look around and it's all in grayscale, I'm I'm going to hold that against them for being yeah, able precisely. to see in the dark and keep their other hand free. Um, and then the last thing is do they have access to NPCs and other help? And if they do, oh. <laughs> I get to change things and I get to threaten – other things in different ways and remember no npc should be an automatic ally that just says yes 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 have an npc be a coward (laughs) have an npc get injured need to retreat have an npc pick up the loot and say i'm gonna take this back out to the front i'll catch up with you in a minute yeah and then they never come back because they got and they're going. To, oh my god! Where's the NPC? And they find them outside, you know, with three tied up kobolds. It's like I captured these guys. I couldn't leave them. Right? Like we don't have to. Kill yeah. Exactly. Them. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to be able to threaten their ability to help the party. Yeah. So um, also, the more NPCs that you add, the higher the CR goes. So um, yeah. I feel really comfortable right now with this adult deep dragon, knowing that these guys are are a cohesive, high powered unit. So.
1: Yeah, I they are. Um, uh, uh, so far, both of the I, I've i DM'd two groups, so it's this one and another one. It, both times, they have been punching a weight class and uh it's it's ridiculous uh, the shit i have to go through because like before before i started listening i was just a player i just wanted to have some fun here and there you know just listen and then i became a dm i was like oh my god i get adam's pain now it's it's horrible <laughs> this is awful hey it's
0: not pain it's an opportunity <laughs> to experience pain um so um so let's talk for a second about the dungeon itself now let's get into the actual um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the actual designing of it. So the very first thing I want to I want to think about for every single area is how big is the room, how big is the corridor, right? So we're going to have two essentially two different kinds of areas for them to move through: rooms and corridors. Corridors, if there's something to interact with, then that is just a long narrow room. If yeah. there's nothing to interact with and it's just an ability the ability for them to get back in a marching order who's in front who's behind who's got what light source um where's the healer is the flyer above them are we sending a scout ahead if these are the conversations we're having you're in a corridor right yeah. so but the moment that that they're like all right we're in this marching order and a trap goes off or there's a mural on the wall that is a clue that they need you're in a room right so corridors yeah. are nondescript hallways essentially that just That's kind true. of break up the um room by room encounters not every dungeon has corridors but most dungeons will have at least a couple yeah if you're dealing with a small mausoleum that has you know uh the um knight that uh, that is well the knight of legend that fell in a great battle and so they've created a shrine to him and all of his followers are entombed in the first section and he's in the back there's probably not a long ass trapped corridor between them it's probably just a door at the end that leads to the next room, right? However, when you're dealing with kobold warrens, it's nothing but corridors. You might get wider corridors where they sleep, but it is just tunnel after tunnel after tunnel, right? Yeah, exactly. um, So this is kind of what we think about when it comes to size. And again, remember, we have to think vertically and we have to think that every room, if there's a barrier, even in the middle of the room, um, I recently did this in my Call of Cthulhu campaign where they walked into an underground crypt, and there was um, a giant, like grate, like a kind of like a portcullis, but it, it had been sectioned off, and they had to squeeze through a tiny narrow area into um, the second part of the room. They could see the far side, but they couldn't get past this gate. Unless they went one at a time into this area, which was full of this deep evil and there was magical nonsense going on over there. I had to treat those as two separate rooms. The people on this side of the gate could not interact properly with what was happening on the second side of the gate. Right. So, um, so when (laughs) when we're talking about rooms, we we don't, we're not necessarily just talking about the architecture, like this is the room itself. Right. It could be a cavern, it could be a number of platforms. Um, from one to the next, each platform operating as a separate room, right? And we have to think about how we're navigating from one to another. Um, the rooms contain usually one thing for new DMs. If I have less than two, I'm not doing my due diligence at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but let me let me list off. I've got a list of uh, nine things that oh, I tend yeah, to pick sure. and choose from. So the first one is a unique setting. Is there a lava waterfall? Is there a floating gem in the middle of the room is there um is gravity backwards or is there a huge gust of wind coming from nowhere um or is it full of mushrooms right right. um so a unique setting and remember your senses it doesn't all just have to be what they see it could be what they smell how warm it is is there um a feeling of imbalance like well can they move at double speed to the left but half speed to the right shit like that right so um and also keep in mind too that um with the unique setting you can have uh, slants or you can have different platforms different heights um but not everything has to be in a perfectly even cleanly swept floor other than that um i worry about traps or secret passages i consider that to be one thing secret passages and secret compartments are just traps that don't hurt you um hostile creatures and hostile plant life is one thing in plant life, I include fungi as well, and oozes, like uh, the green slime. Green yeah, slime yeah, yeah. isn't really a creature, but it's it's trappy, right? So it's yeah. hostile. There's neutral creatures in plant life. Um, not every single piercer is going to attack the party. They may just be able to have barely enough intelligence to realize, I can't win this fight. I'm not going to do this. Creatures every... are what again? Now my, my D&D knowledge is... Piercers are those things that camouflage uh, at the top of caves that look like uh oh, right. or selectates. I can never remember which one it is, and they will yeah. drop down on people and eat them, right? So, yeah,
1: yeah, I think yeah, that, that yeah, okay. No, um, they're very I similar to I, dark mantles like that. So, yeah, I think I was thinking of a, a roper, is very similar if I uh, and a roper
0: too, although of... ropers are beefy enough that they're probably gonna try to take on everybody,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, yeah,
0: uh but no piercers. Like, if you take a giant centipede, a giant centipede, oh, if wow. you get close enough to it, it may try to, to sting you or bite you or something. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Keep your distance. It may just fuck off and do its own thing, right? Yeah. Especially if it has a bunch of other smaller centipedes around, they might all just run into the hole in the wall. Um, and then there's friendly creatures and plant life. Friendly plant life is anything that gives you the ability to get rest, heal hit points, or create a barricade, right? It, these are resources that the plant life or the fungi... Provide you. There's also hazardous um, uh, terrain issues or hazards themselves, like, for example, flowing lava um, or it's difficult terrain because it's knee deep water. Um, There are puzzles and riddles. There's items, either good or bad. Sometimes those items can be traps, um, but most of the time I think of items as something that the players can pick up and interact with. Um, And then I think about the lighting and the obscuring environment. If there's thick mist, If there's just a ton of water pouring into the room, like a waterfall or something, or if it's magical darkness, right? These things will all um, affect the party in different ways. So I tend to pick two or three of these um, when I'm coming up with whatever the room is. I'd like to think about the function of the room first and then what is in here, right? Yeah. Um, Also, we have to give the idea of sectioning it off to... So that we can grasp on to the functionality as a room itself between rooms there are a number of different options you can use doors ledges short hallways stairs force fields debris or other natural barriers like a waterfall right where there's clearly one side of this room and the moment you pass by any one of these things you are in a different environment yeah that's, that's um, fun and, and then we got to think about how big is the dungeon what was the original use of the area we know that it's a sapphire dragon and a, an yeah. adult it's a pretty big dungeon they're going
1: to be yeah yeah, areas yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: In here. we're not going to have a whole lot of five foot corridors unless the kobolds have dug that out for their own you know purposes right
1: oh they cobalts definitely dead
0: yeah but uh but an adult dragon is huge, yeah uh, right so exactly yeah they're
1: not gonna be going through
0: that. the the smallest a room is gonna be is twice their own body size so when you think about that it's not you know they're they're a 15 foot by 15 foot influence that's what huge size means right so a you double so, is yes. 30 foot by 30 foot so we're doubling it like we're squaring it right so yeah um so the there have to be in at least a couple of places that are that big probably bigger um and then uh we have to think about the party resources uh do we want them to be forced to take rests in here do we want that and if so do we give them areas to do that that are safe or do they have to deal with ongoing patrols um do we think about this as a side quest this one clearly is is a side quest it'd be different if it was a one shot or a big set piece end of the tier right
1: up yeah the next chapter right yeah, um, this is a this is a, a hurdle yeah so to say a side quest yeah
0: um and then uh how long are your sessions how many sessions do you want to
1: spend in here <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so, that's a it's a good thought actually uh, because I i'll mean, tell you this that, i yeah. talk
0: all the time on the podcast about my fucking demon keep that i ran way back in the day that took us like eight plus sessions i wouldn't yeah i remember i would I remember not be surprised that, to say yeah. that like, if someone said, no, it took 12, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I believe that. No. <laughs> it was 108 rooms, each one with a separate demon. Jeez. Most of them had been homebrewed. And it was 108 rooms. They And our sessions were 8 to 10 hours each. We spent days. How, long, a, how like, long ago did you did you do this? Like That would have been 20. I'd have to ask Casey. She's the only one left in my party that, that remembers that now. Uh, Jess and Jamie moved on Dan hadn't joined and Terry's in a different group now, but I'm going to say that would have been 2017. So it was six years ago. Um, And we were doing that every other week for eight to 10 hour sessions.
1: Wow. Wow. That's I think the longest my session has ever uh, session I've been in is has not gone longer than I think five, six hours.
0: Mieke so, and I sat down, and it's different because it's one-on-one, so it's far more difficult, yeah. but we sat exactly. down and did a 18-hour session one time where at one point we just got up and moved to the couch, and she took her dice box and some D20s, and we just yeah. sat there and role-played out a number of wow. uh, scenarios where she would roll every once in a while. But, like, I have wow, – wow, this wow. because of the way that I prep, I can go forever. I will run out of maps and I have to hand-draw them. But Yeah,
1: like, I <laughs> – I don't. I don't prep. I'm just very good at improvising.
0: <laughs> well, that's it too. Is I also have acting. Yeah, experience. I mean, I, I was an actor for for twelve years, and I wow. taught classes on improv. Like I can sit there for a while. Yeah, I,
1: I, I'm. I, I'm. I, I mean, I prep, of course, but I, I. I'm probably closer to Dan in prepping. Like it's very minimal, and then just make shit up.
0: I and I think that that is common. I think that's for most yeah. people so i
1: i i th- and i think like this this uh pdf that i'm looking at uh especially it is this is something i should probably have to, i, think, like, I'm, to I think i'm actually gonna put this up on the patreon Ooh, that um what this would make my life so much easier <laughs> um so because i don't know like i mean the people that are uh, are listening, they don't obviously see this. This is an audio format. This is so detailed, you wouldn't fucking believe.
0: <laughs> yeah, most of... Our, and this is nothing. I want to say... I'm trying to remember what episode it was that we just recorded. Um, I can't remember now. Pepperina turned to me. Uh, it was a dragon episode on... Oh, hell, I can look it up, but I'm not going to. It was a dragon episode. <laughs> um, uh, it was on Gem
1: dragons.
0: No doesn't matter I and
1: mean, that's that's very possible <laughs> so the, the, chance... the,
0: the page uh the page count was seventeen pages of her own notes <laughs> i we did the one on traps not long ago episode I want to say two hundred and twelve. Um, and Kyle right. looked at me halfway through it and he said, we're we've only covered the first topic now. Like there's the other half of this conversation is natural hazards. Can we just break this into two episodes? Cause it's too much. I'm like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we break up episodes a lot. The first time we did that was the beholders episode. We were gonna cover six or seven beholders. Now we have through three. Right. So, um, Wow. which is why we take these notes. Cause we'll come back to record this again, like the second yeah, half exactly. or something. I like, yeah, I don't, I don't
1: blame you. I don't blame I mean, D and D is very vast, like you said earlier. So I don't, I'm not surprised that for example, so same with the, what I think it was that the Elvis episode, you had to split those up Yeah. off to the races. Yeah. You had to split a variety of them up. That's insane. Yeah, That's...
0: yeah. there uh, that could... the Forgotten Realms episodes. There were three of them. They're the reason that Dan quit the podcast.
1: Yeah, no, I remember. I remember you mentioning that. And there was so the much to rather? it. He, yeah, he prepped
0: for months for those, and in the end, <sighs> he was just skimming over topics. He, <sighs> we yeah. did not have the. We should have done a fifteen-part miniseries for that, but like,
1: yeah, I mean, like, what, what can you do? You, uh, everybody. I mean, I'm not trying to like. I'll stand here or like be mean, but like everybody thinks they can do more than they really can. Well, like the, I am guilty. I'm guilty of this. I I, I can I think I can do more than I can. The problem
0: when it comes to lore specifically, we're totally off topic now, but the problem when it comes to lore specifically right. is we can be, and I try so hard to not do three things on this podcast, right? And this is yeah. you'll notice at the very top, if you scroll all the way up to the PDF, there are five words in italics on the right, and these yeah. are our mission statements. Um, and, uh, and so we try really hard to not do top 10 lists, best and worst of, and, and lore dumps, because there are already a million podcasts out there that are going to teach you what's the background in Dragonlance. I have been looking at the Dragonlance episode that we're going to release that we're, we haven't recorded it yet. It's a Dragonlance breakdown we're not going to do the history of Dragonlance. as i'm sitting there doing the research i'm listening to other podcasts and i'm like yeah. which one of these nine podcasts or 150 youtube episodes do i want to yeah exactly. the best in to do my research and i'm like no that's not what this is about we do what does fifth ed offer and how can we inspire from there right so
1: yeah exactly um, i i think i think that's a it's, a it's a great um uh english i know how to speak it most of the time <laughs> Yeah it uh, it is methodical
0: <laughs> but it means that we have trouble striking the balance sometimes between describing how yeah. traps work or talking about the lore of the the lords of waterdeep how much do we get into that before we can just say this is not necessary for our own inspiration yeah right?
1: exactly i mean y- there's only so much you can do with yeah exactly that
0: so but speaking of our own inspiration let's jump back to this dungeon um the section here that says the dungeon which is about room and corridor size let's look at this but let's actually build it um how many how many rooms uh that we have i think it's going to depend on how we decide to build the uh the dungeon itself but the very first thing that we have here what which you've decided to do something unique is um the first part of the dungeon should always be a unique one It should be one of the most, like the first room and the last room should be the most unique. And the first room is actually not the first room inside the dungeon. The first room is the area immediately outside the dungeon.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Because that's where you're going to interact with the exterior of the dungeon. Whatever traps, whatever guards, whatever it is that's out there, this is the first thing. We're heading to an island. What is that island? Ooh. I got, think, it it doesn't have to be super large by
1: square footage because we're gonna no, go underground. I mean, we're gonna it'll be deep yeah. right. but yeah, exactly. I mean, because um uh, I mean, living on an island, i I know a thing or two because <laughs> uh, I think um because I don't want it to be like super far off the coast because that's that's then then you're then you're just making it a hassle for both you and your party. I well, think It, it like...
0: depends. Do you want there to be overland travel? And if so, there's all sorts of rules in Ghosts of Saltmarsh and Tasha's and the DMG about traveling and about water and ships and whatnot. If you want to spend a session just getting to the island where you get to fight uh, Sahu again, or there's going to be a marrow that pops up. If you want to do a set piece there, you absolutely can. But the difference is you're on a ship. You're not moving. The bad guys come to you. You don't go to them. Yeah. It's essentially think, a, de- a defensive thing that you're doing, right? So yeah. you can do that. That's fine. But whatever provisions that you would normally need, like how many days of rations, all that's in the ship's hold. We don't have to worry yeah. about that level of resource management at this point. It also is going to come with NPCs that run the ship, right? So yeah. well, I'm not so much worried about how far away it is from the island because that's its own separate thing. It is the moment you step off the ship, you get in onto the island. What's the... What's the first thing that you encounter? Is it tropical? I see. I understand.
1: Is it? Uh, is it an
0: iceberg? Is it? Is there oh. a volcano? <laughs> is there like? And you can you can choose. It doesn't really matter what it is, but know what your theme of the island is, yeah. and whether or not there's evidence outside of of this dungeon that the dungeon is even there. So I am
1: thinking, uh, obviously, living on island. I <laughs> this point again. Um, I'm thinking. I wanted to have be like, I I don't want it to be um, completely desolate of life, but I wanted to be like um, a newer island, like a a new volcanically, like, like on the newer sense, when you think of like, like Earth, I don't know, uh, because it sticks out because in Iceland, we are very, we're a volcanic hotspot. And like, not even I think 60 years ago, we gained a new island because of volcanoes yeah so you because like you know because that's just how it works here <laughs> yeah
0: every once in a while everyone's in a while the earth poops out a new island yeah
1: exactly uh but like i i, I think it's fun to have it like not desolate but there's new life like there is um there's shrubbery there there's not there's it's not a it, it's beginning to become that yeah that makes sense sure yeah uh, I, the, the thing about it
0: i'm looking up deep dragons right now um, and they've got, uh, they should have regional effects. Um,
1: uh, let me see. They
0: definitely do. Oh, sorry. We, yeah. We should look up deep and Sapphire. Uh, yes. you look up, you look up deep. I'll look up Sapphire.
1: Alrighty. Let me see. I have the Sapphire. There it is.
0: Okay. You got Sapphire. I'll do deep. Then. Or was it,
1: oh, was it the opposite? I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's fine um uh, regional effects where is it that's layer um is it regional off- effects are down to the stat blocks it's uh, the oh layer they're down at the stat blocks i mean i i can i, I can find this out. there it is yeah the layer actions are are uh yeah i don't know why it's yeah. they should really be opposite <laughs>
0: all right so with the uh the area around the regional effects we want to play with at least a couple of them to give kind of a heads up um uh, yeah. for the deep dragon So we're going to layer this on top of the regional effects for the Sapphire Dragon. So the regional effects for the Sapphire Dragon, I saw that one of their layer actions there was that it's like choked with cobwebs. There should be spiders around. They've been driven uh, out, but there should be spiders around. So there's...
1: Yeah, yeah. you're exactly right. Here it is. Uh, Thriving wildlife, giant spiders, a Sapphire Dragon's favorite prey, are attracted to the area. So I think that we have an island with...
0: um, We also have a whole lot of... uh, uh, verdant growth is what it's called—the regional effect for deep dragons. Um, yeah, which means that we're dealing with spores. We want them to feel unique. I'm not—I don't want to give them shrubs. Let's give it just a volcanic. It's almost barren of vegetation, except it's yeah. covered in fungus and mushrooms.
1: Yeah, that's fun as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I, I'm gonna write. The, I'm writing this
0: down. Oh, and please. it and living like in down. and among these and those mushrooms can be huge. They could be like twice the height of a a person, right? And living in and around them are
1: spiders. I'm going to creep my players out. I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, half of the listeners are just like, fuck that, I'm out, not going.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm afraid of spiders, but I'm loving this. This is great. (laughs) Um, I can project my fear into others. That's fantastic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, The interesting thing about uh, Dragon Lair is that your point of entry, uh, if we're on an island, your players need to come in from above. Right. Um, they yeah. sink down into the layer. The dragon also needs to get in there somehow, right? Which means that they yeah. if if they're going through the same point of entry as the players, that means that it has to be big enough. There has to be a very clear, massive way in for yeah, a dragon. Exactly. Which I means think... that we kind of we're not doing a
1: dungeon at that point, we're doing a giant tunnel, right? Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, if we're, if we're going with the volcanic, I mean, there's obviously going to be uh, somewhere where the where the magma or lava at that point has spewed out. I mean, somewhere around there, there would be the ground. There is. I'm not going to say more sensitive, but like it is, because in and around volcanoes, uh, there are just craters because of uh, well.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's here goes my
1: but... Icelandic volcano knowledge, <laughs> 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 fucking
0: racking up. Um, The other thing, too, that we can do is we can look at the idea. Does a sapphire
1: dragon have a swim speed? Uh, It does not. It has a burrow, however, and a fly. However, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm just looking at the art here. It looks like it has some water in and around it. I don't think it minds water, but it doesn't have a swim speed. Um, What are the... Yeah, I mean here, here I'm just looking at the Sapphire Dragon lair, like the get and fist Uh yeah. They have, they have a, an underground river in the in the lair. So, so like, yeah,
0: they're not opposed to the to the idea yeah. of
1: water. We should have I a mean, water entrance, right? Yes, hundred percent. I and with deep dragons because they burrow and swim. It could be like a like a a cave sort of thing, like. Like if it goes out oh. under the island of some sort, or
0: we we don't have to worry about this at all because of the sapphire dragon. One of their layer actions is they touch a section of stone up to thirty feet in any dimension. They can uh-huh. shape that stone and oh. close passages and stuff. <laughs> oh, so there we well, go. Well, perfect, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so okay, so that gives us kind of a we we have an underwater opening. Um, yes, the deep dragon. We oh, sorry, we don't even need to do that because the deep dragon would have burrowed in from the underdark.
1: Yeah, that's
0: true. So the only opening that we need here is a cobalt opening.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. And that's uh, gonna be small as well.
0: Yeah, we have Kuatoa would be able to squeeze in. Oozes don't give a shit. The Spirit Naga. <laughs> okay, so like an opening that is looks like it's been like there's a lot of rubble around it because the Spirit Naga, which I believe is large size, would have had to um, burst its way yes. in. I don't remember what book that's in. Uh
1: Nagas, are they in the monster manual? I think I think a bone, a shadow, and a green are. I think guardian is in there for sure. Oh, guardian! Yeah, I'm thinking guardian, not green. I just remember the art being that it's green in the art. That's what I'm remembering. Uh,
0: bone. I yeah, think. the spirit. The spirit's in there. So oh, the okay. Spirit, the spirit's large size. Um, and it has spell casting, but nothing that's going to help it. It's got water breathing, but no other real like uh, movement stuff to it. So it will have had to have burst its way in. Yeah. Um. Alright, so it bursts its way and spear nagas are so nasty. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and uh so that gives us kind of an idea that the opening has to be slightly smaller than a large crete-sized creature can get through, because it would open it up yes. as much as it needs to just squeeze through, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, so not, somewhere... it's not going to
1: make it any other people have an easy time getting anything larger than it have an easy time following it. That's...
0: Yeah, but that means that our opening, our our entrance into the dungeon is a hole. Yes. Somewhere on, on this entire island here of fungi, mushrooms, and spiders with volcanic shit. Um, it doesn't have to be like flowing magma, but like clearly it's it's dark black volcanic rock, right? Somewhere yeah,
1: I, I, in here <laughs> is a hole underground. Yeah, uh <sighs> balls. they 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 they're not fond of the sunlight aren't they they would probably pick a place where it would where they could like be in the shade the most wouldn't they?
0: yeah which means that they they would either do it at the base of a large mushroom
1: yeah. or
0: there'd be some sort of like outcropping
1: i mean yeah i'm i'm thinking the mushroom that just sounds fun like uh the outcropping seems uh, a bit obvious yeah but the, i agree with but, you like being in and around the mushrooms, like there's this huge one, and then there's this small one, like kind of covering it, I suppose. Because you can also just go with non-traditional fungi as well, and just have giant like,
0: like you I see seen the yeah. fungus that grows out of the size of trees, right? Like you just have giant, oh yeah, 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 yeah. growths of fungi that are at an angle and providing shade, right?
1: Yeah, that that that's that's fun.
0: Um. If my suggestion here as well is pick fungi with bright vibrant colors because it'll seem mm. fantastical and not boring. We're playing D&D. Yeah. If they're bright yeah, pinks and purples and the yeah, mushrooms totally. are all bright red with black rock in the background and giant spiders all over, that's memorable, right? So Yeah,
1: exactly. Um so do we post guards at the hole? I think I I mean yes I don't think they they're gonna be the traditional like like obviously not tan guards because they're gonna be cobalts I, I think I think they're gonna be cowards, spider killers right Ooh yes you're absolutely right they would wouldn't they They're gonna be they're gonna be sitting there with giant clubs right Yeah because like a giant spider that's a medium sized if I'm not mistaken that is bigger than a cobalt. <laughs> Oh, I think they're far... I thought they were
0: large size. Some of them are. Me look, giant I mean, look, giants. I'm just
1: just doing these at the top of my head. They might be large. They might well be I, large. I'm just thinking
0: either. about the damned uh, mini that I keep putting on the table to scare me. Oh. <laughs> uh, giant spider. Yep, large size.
1: Oh, fun. That's better. I won't let... That's better. <laughs>
0: um, I would have... Yeah, I would definitely have a couple of these giant spiders um, that are around... Okay, so let's talk about the room. The first room that we have is this um island, right? So let's yeah, get back let's get back to our structure here. So the island, the way in is just getting off of the ship, right? Yes. There's nowhere to actually dock, which means that your players have to take a small canoe or something, a small rowboat yeah. off of the main the main boat, or they can swim. Either way, they there's a smaller boat that they're gonna get off of and they're gonna have to leave somebody behind to guard the boat. So that immediately removes one of our NPCs.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Which, which is great. Do they have sidekicks or NPCs with them normally?
1: Uh, so strictly speaking, no, but they have like one of the familiars is basically an NPC because he's a talking head. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: all right. So so we'll keep the familiar with them. So we'll have to send them with an NPC from whatever the ship is that they yeah,
1: that, that is that is manageable. Yep. They have they have friends around. So, so. Yeah, so that's sorted. Of, they just, they don't, they don't tag them along because they got attached.
0: <laughs> so let's look at the um, dungeon, the first room, which is essentially the exterior section of the island. It's not it going to just... be too huge, but it can be big enough that they shouldn't automatically know where the next way forward is, right? The yeah. next room, the next barrier we have is this hole that we've created, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, on the island, when we're thinking about it like this, let's grab a couple of things to put there we should have we have a unique setting that's one right and we have hostile creatures right which with the spiders which means we should plan for there to be a spider attack yeah i would also myself i would telegraph the fact that there are spiders coming by having a dead uh hollow husk there's no liquid left in this cobalt Mm -hmm. strung up in webs hanging from a mushroom (sighs) yes yes
1: that's that's just that's just that's just fun
0: so right off the bat that they they know spiders and kobolds right and now honestly it's a it's a survival check a couple of survival checks to figure it out yeah um they might have to explore the island a little bit with perception investigation they might find um a couple of kobold traps I could do I could make a little D6 random encounter table for the island. Um mm-hmm. if I do it stops really being a part of the dungeon and starts just being an island. Um yeah. but if it's small enough that it'll take less than 2 hours to really explore the area, then they should um we'll just treat it like the entrance to the uh to the dungeon itself and there will be a handful of spiders that they will have to either fight or run away from or whatever. Yeah. The uh, CR of a giant spider is one, so you can throw waves of these things at your party. And they'll kill them and feel great about it, and then more oh, are yeah. coming, right? Yeah, exactly. Just just, just so many spiders. <laughs> and I would give them holes. It's a volcanic area, right? I bet yeah, the yes. ground is porous. So these giant spiders, there are probably large holes all over the place. What you're looking for are the kobold guards. Now, yeah. kobolds are sneaky. So they're gonna hide, but the more traps you run across, the more likely you are that you're getting close.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the more f- the more frequent the closer they are.
0: <laughs> um, so we've got uh giant spiders everywhere, cobalt traps, and survival checks. Adam, you have to learn how to spell survival checks. All right, oh, and word. then I'm um, not any better. <laughs> we have a couple of kobolds, cobalt kobold guards. I'm gonna call them cobalt spider smashers. Uh, normally kobolds come with like piercing weapons let's give let's make sure that these guys just have bludgeoning weapons for smashing spiders Mm -hmm. Uh, they probably also have um, machetes to cut through spider
1: web yeah yes that or bludgeoning and slashing weapons sorry fire and fire fire that could be funny but that would be very obvious wouldn't it (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know
0: what make the island super big right and they can see a tendril of smoke coming from the others <clears throat> not super big like three miles right but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they can see a tendril of smoke coming up from the far side of the mountain yeah Um. once they've landed there so they have to then trek through the mushroom jungle to get there and they find that there's a bonfire with I don't know a handful of kobolds around
1: yeah that that's fun because then then they have an obvious direction, at least.
0: Yeah. Um, And uh, that's going to make it a little bit more forgiving for their survival checks and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give anything special to the fungus or mushrooms at this point. I don't need to make it poisonous or healthy. Like,
1: Yeah, it's just fungus. I would
0: make them inedible, right? Like, this this yeah. is a place for you to just get a bunch of rations from for free either right so it's bitter and it upsets your stomach and you throw up but you don't take damage
1: yeah 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 yeah. exactly
0: um so i'm assuming that they're going to approach the kobolds this may be a role-playing opportunity but the kobolds will be hostile so either way we're going to get a dynamic encounter of either sneaking up to them and then fighting them or trying to role play and then fighting them um do you have any small creatures in your party
1: uh small creatures no, no goblin kobold fairy no not no they're all actually they're all tall medium guys
0: good because you know what that is a delicious meal for our lord and savior the deep dragon
1: yes yes it is right so <laughs> and and that could be
0: enough we can feed them something besides spiders yay and... <laughs> will be the favorites this time. Yeah. Maybe exactly. Let us sleep inside, right? Like <laughs> whatever it is. So, um, um, so that brings us to uh the hole. They're clearly gonna get in a fight. Uh, we can have a cobalt escape into the hole. That's just good tactics for them. Um at yeah. this level, the cobalt that escapes back into the hole is a problem. The cobalt that escapes into the into the mushroom jungle is not a problem. They're gonna escape into the mushroom jungle and get eaten by spiders. Um, if they go into the tunnel, they're going to call for backup. So we should have more kobolds in the next room to be backup, right? And that way we can actually extend this section. So our first room, or we can extend this encounter by bringing in waves of more kobolds. This next room should be guards. It should be a guard room. And they should have ranged weapons or magic. Yes. Because when they join the battlefield, we have to be able to threaten the party immediately And not waste a turn getting the kobolds up to the party does that make sense that makes yeah that that makes sense very much so um okay so uh the next room is a dark i'm gonna say it's dark because of sunlight sensitivity there's no reason for there to be any sort of light source inside yeah um don't they i the kobolds do they have they'd have dark vision don't they oh yeah if they have sunlight sensitivity they have good dark vision so that is just a yeah. good solid rule um the let me see giant spiders that would have lived there before a blind sight and dark vision oh, um yes. let me scroll up to kobolds for a second kobolds have uh, yeah they clearly have dark vision yeah out to 60 feet and then uh well, cool. we have a spirit nega as well would they have required a light source i
1: doubt it yeah well, it's it's uh, already what, a magical creature uh,
0: yeah, they're monstrosities. So they, um, yeah, they have dark vision up to sixty feet. Yeah, and of course a deep dragon. All dragons do. So like,
1: yeah, exactly. And I think I think he. I think the deep dragon actually has very good, even compared to dragons. Like he is adult has one hundred and fifty feet. Yeah, there we go. That's perfect. Um,
0: the last thing that we have in there, I believe, is kobolds, uh, and they have dark vision as well up yeah. to one hundred and twenty feet because they're fucking ridiculous. So, Jesus. so, um so there's no reason for any light source to be in there which is great um this is going to be a guard room the kobolds in there are going to be a handful of them we're just going to say the same amount that we're outside as well
1: yeah that makes sense um
0: uh and they have uh sorry i am typing for my own notes here
1: no no problem (laughs) uh
0: and they've got ranged weapons they're still probably crude no magic right
1: yeah i think i think the deeper down you go the closer to the, the our lord and savior the more like magical you would get.
0: Well, I what I want to do to break it up a little bit is to have the Kuato themselves be the the spellcasters, and maybe oh. that's why they're there, right? Because oh, that's that's spicy. I like that kobolds. They're inventors, but they're not. I yeah. mean, I think they do have sorcerers, but they're not traditionally magic users.
1: Oh yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That's... We
0: can put a couple in, but it's not gonna be like it's magical traps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So this guard room, besides there being a bunch of kobolds, so we've got hostile creatures in there. What else should we
1: put in here? Uh, I mean, how does the kobold Warren look like again? Isn't it uh, the first room? Of, uh... The
0: kobold Warren is all tunnels with wider tunnels. It's like it's barely rooms, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. God. Uh. F- the first room.
0: <laughs> I would say I mean, that um the next door beyond this has got to be trapped. That's the next thing, is it yeah.
1: Bridge. Yeah.
0: Right. So whatever think, the barrier is, and I think the barrier could just be a very short, narrow tunnel that connects to the next wider area yeah. to make your characters crawl. So it's not truly a door, it's a crawling, um a crawling environment, and they've got to uh and will trap it, right?
1: Yeah, yes yes that sounds fantastic
0: i oh, think the trap 70. doesn't need to be too much do you want to do like a pressure plate or a uh like trap
1: wire do, do you have a preference uh i think pressure plates are hilarious but i also <laughs> think that a cobalt is uh i think uh <laughs> the cobalt that, uh, trap of a, uh, the the tripwire is just a classic that's classic it? but i love the idea of
0: you got these big guys going through they all weigh what 180 pounds minimum cobalt yeah. 40 pounds The yeah, like they can walk through it just fine yeah they'll walk right over a pressure plate and your players yeah. will trigger it i think that makes perfect sense
1: uh, yes
0: it, it just it just does <laughs> um and then what do you want to like a pit trap or a cave in or you know toxic darts what's your what's your pick your poison on this i
1: one. oh so many options it's like a like a kid in a candy store. Uh, I've always been a fan of the of the, of the, just any of these. Honestly, I love all of these. Uh, I think my my go-to so far has been uh like darts. So I want to change that. I want to go pitfall.
0: All right, let's do that. There, you want to put spikes there, at the bottom for an extra, because your guys are pretty punchy and we haven't really threatened them yet. Yeah. So if, of
1: course, I want to put a spike trap at the bottom. <laughs>
0: Uh, spike trap at the bottom because they're crawling uh they will have disadvantage on a deck save to avoid the traps to avoid the spikes
1: <laughs> that's just beautiful
0: all right i'm loving this already this is they're going to look at you and be like what the fuck why what <laughs> um they're, they're going to look at me <laughs> <laughs> that is gonna the be, <laughs> Master.
1: yeah they're going to look at me like sense when did you fucking plan what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> um the uh do you use maps or do you do
0: theater of the mind?
1: Uh I I have a map and I try to use it as much as I can, but the, the wider descriptions of like I, I have the map in front of me uh, in combat mm-hmm. just to just so we know where we're going, but a lot of the time it is theater of the mind. I yeah, mean, that's why if, well. if they if they if they struggle, I, I will I will put down a map and say, Okay, this is where you are, this is what's happening. And then I will most likely remove it uh, unless I know there's a combat coming up, then I'll leave it, but just cover it up. Sure. Okay. So um, we've
0: got this little corridor. It's a short corridor and it's trapped when the moment we add a trap that makes this a room, uh, which means that we should add uh, something else in here besides just a trap. Uh, and that can be something as simple as, um, you know what, we can just put a, uh, like additional mushrooms are growing in here as well. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, we're, we're right at the entrance. Right. So there will be fungus growing in here. The, there's going to be fungi everywhere because of the deep dragon,
1: but like the cobalt, are going to keep knocking it back a bunch. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, We said that there wouldn't be like a light source, but I think, I mean, we can get to this later. I think, uh, deeper down, I think it would be fun to have like, uh, uh, a, like what was it called? Um, bioluminescent like bio, bio yeah. fungi. Yeah, just just for that that fantastical feel. Not a lot of them, but just like that, you know, that fantastical feel.
0: Well, we know that we've got kua coming up, which means that we know that we're going to need a giant pool of water. So it'd be really cool to have that, like, light reflecting off of the splashing waves as the kua come up out of it. Yeah, so maybe yeah. that there's a lot of bioluminescence in the ocean. So maybe that's where we we tie that theme in. I really like yeah. that um and that's, then you can good. choose what color that bioluminescence is when it glows you get fucking yeah, weird um,
1: with it. oh yeah i mean i mean you could go blue green you could go anything really just let your imagination yeah. run wild on that one
0: um so we've got uh so far we have three rooms we have the uh hole or sorry the island then we have the uh dark guard room and then we've got this corridor um so far this is a fairly simplistic and it doesn't feel like we're too deep into this yet right so um so the next room after that this is where i start to get a little bit more generic because of every single room is this big special dynamic encounter it's going to feel like a bit of a slog if i'm yeah. stopping to give a 15 minute description to every room or i'm having kobolds consistently running into a attack them at every single opportunity so we need to start having areas that are a little bit more empty where we've got things besides enemies in there um we can have evidence of them but these are going to be places where i think maybe the next room is an armory where there's nobody on duty there yeah right so there's just a bunch of cobalt sized weapons all over the place um and uh and there's a couple of empty chairs right and that's that's it, right? We don't need to do much more than that. And we can continue to have other places like this or cobalt weapons. We can could, we could continue to have other places like this um, that are going to be more um, evidence of there being lots of cobalts. One of the yeah. things that I always like to do with cobalts is you turn the corner uh, and there's a fork in the road, right? And you go left. And when you go left, you can see that there is a giant chamber full of like... 3,500 kobolds all down there chanting, right? (laughs) And you go, Holy shit, what am I supposed to do with this? And you turn around to back up and you hit the tripwire, and suddenly this corridor caves in. (laughs) So those 3,500 kobolds are there somewhere, but now you have a ticking clock because they're going to come swarming out at some point.
1: Yeah, they're going to go the long
0: way, but
1: you've got to get out of
0: here somehow.
1: So, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fun. I love, I love the, I love the, the mass, the masses of kobolds that are just in. I mean, of course, they're in their warren or their den, but it's it's so rare that you see like like you said, like they're in that one place, enchanting. Well, I thought you were gonna say sleeping. I thought they walked into. I thought they were gonna just walk oh. into sleeping quarters. No, no, Kobolds <laughs> no. are hilarious. They, they need to be fucking. Weird.
0: I have, my, I, players have to be right. uh, my players have befriended. Uh, my players befriended a cobalt. Population in their. I am not
1: surprised. You have Megan you have, on the party, right? I, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are four thousand kobolds living <laughs> um in the sewers beneath the cities, keeping everything running clean. Well, the kobolds oh, right. just all yeah. up and left and went on a pilgrimage, and so like they did a one shot set in the same world, and in the one shot they watched like four thousand plus kobolds marching through the desert, chanting, heading off to, to <laughs> God knows where. Cause they haven't figured that out yet, but <laughs> I fucking love kobolds. So, um, Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's that's, that's great. So, uh, we've got, um, like I say, there's an armory. There's going to be other little bits and pieces. Like we have to think about what else do kobolds have. And this, these are where I'm going to throw in a couple of guard drakes in a pen. Right. Yes. Um, that are going to be in the same kind of, like, there's a, a little like zoo almost where they've got different kinds of drakes there um and i'm gonna reflavor them to be the deep dragon drakes that's not a thing but they'll just be guard drakes and instead of them being based off a of blue dragon like in the monster manual or yeah, exactly that? that was rise of uh, tiamat it's, or i, I Man, think I it, it
1: first appeared in rise of tiamat and then got a redo in the monster manual okay i think it was yeah because we get the ambush drake in rise of tiamat as well yeah well we but, don't get them in the master manual.
0: I'm just gonna have them covered in fungus, right? And yeah, like, ooh,
1: ooh. <laughs> Oh, that's oh oh my players are gonna hate that. That's amazing. Write that <laughs> down. <laughs>
0: did you so, watch um did you watch The Last of Us, the show? Oh that, I
1: I I've played the games and I watched the show and it terrifies me to this day. I have no matter how many times I watch her play it, that fucking oh, so good. So I think good. I think you could lean
0: into some of the uh some of the descriptions oh. off of that. As now, well. now that you've said the recovered
1: fungus don't worry. I will. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to I, I I might take this up when I do a one shot with my other group. One of my players, he he loves being scared, which is great. He loves being scared, but he loves being scared by The Last of Us, particularly. Oh, that's fun. I like it it's... when people have their own like particular quirk that they they absolutely yeah. love to be scared by. Um, yeah, his is uh, when I described clickers, I did that once and he just he just (laughs) I saw him shudder, I was like, perfect, thank you, (laughs) that's my dopamine. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: all right, so uh, we have to have more rooms now, they're going to be corridors in between, and these corridors are going to be short hallways. We're going to have not necessarily stairs, but ramps up or ramps down mostly. Um, we're not dealing with force fields, right? But there could be a couple of dead end passages right where there's just been a cave in yeah. right uh, yeah. or it is just choked with mushrooms there's no way through and if they get all the way through all they find are a couple of old um sapphire and like um like outcroppings yes. Uh, yes deep in there to show that the sapphire dragon is around or was around right so we do have to keep in mind that maybe in and among the deeper you go in and among the fungus are more sapphire shards sticking out of the ground yeah growing naturally so um
1: yeah that's that's great about the that's great about the sapphire they just it just makes sapphire so (laughs) yeah um we've got a lot of um
0: a lot of kobolds that need to be running around our party should never be able to take a short rest because there should be kobold patrols but there should also just be kobolds living their lives one of the things that i would think about in a situation like this is Ah, uh, there has to be an underground river because we're going to establish this Kuatoa later. So it has to get wet down here at some point. Yep. Um. When it gets wet, that means that we can have cobalds that are um,
1: fishing in the underground yeah. river. Yeah. Uh, I was I was actually, I was exactly going to say that because I don't think they're gonna not going to be eating mushrooms because we est- they, we established that they're non edible. Yeah. So fishing is the most logical thing, or like or spiders, I guess you they could eat them. But, yeah, but but that's dangerous. I don't think I don't think the
0: spider population is going to be able to uh, to support yeah, this. No, you're you're absolutely right. So one of the questions we didn't ask was how many kobolds are there? Oh, <laughs> oh we can be, we can get fuck you with this number. <laughs> oh yeah, you you could almost choose any number under the sun for this. But yeah, for and... our purposes, we have to think about the size of the dungeon, and we have to think about how long has the deep dragon been here. Because if it's only been a couple of months, maybe he only brought his, like, the first wave of kobolds up from the Underdark. No,
1: I, I personally, I wanted the Deep Dragon to have, like, taken this uh, uh, layer of his own, like, a while ago. Like, we're talking hundreds of years. Like, he came here, maybe, or they, doesn't matter. They came here when they, they were young, another adult.
0: So, so we should have probably somewhere down here is about a thousand kobolds. Yeah, which, like, which means we will roughly. never run out. <laughs> yeah. But we should set up a section where we know that that um, we we have yet to come up with a clear point of entry for the dragon to be moving around. We haven't seen anything dragon yet, right? So yeah. what we should do is have a large open um, area uh, with, I don't know, a couple of underground pillars, like naturally forming pillars or whatnot. And if the yeah. players are smart enough, they can cave in this area and then the kobolds can't like this will cut off the majority of the kobolds and make it a manageable number from there. Yeah. Um we have to somehow remove the kobolds from the situation. Um otherwise yeah. they will have to fight their way out again as well.
1: <laughs> um getting rid of your own creations, oh boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is the thing is there has to be a setup. Maybe maybe there's a kobold um oh no you know what the spirit nega will have a way oh yeah no you're right yeah so the spirit nega will tell them you know we'll we'll be captured clearly evil big black snake looking thing clearly is evil down here and is and is yelling at them to you know let me free let me free let me free i can tell you how to get rid of all the kobolds in one move yeah you just have to free me
1: yeah that that sounds that sounds about on brand
0: (laughs) Um, or do we want them to just be hiding and slither out of the darkness and say, you know, what are you doing down here? Are you my ally as well? I think.
1: Would you rather them have to think, be a captive or a spy? I mean, what the spirit naga? What what's like their what's their like thing? Not like what not not why they're here, but like what the hell does the spirit naga do? Hold on, uh, There it is uh they're all about vengeance of vengeance so so the dragon obviously wronged them they also Somehow. like to charm people <laughs> so i mean they could have charmed some kobolds in that case um where is it
0: uh know, no you want to know something is mm-hmm. all of this all of the things that they have are like there's minor illusion charm person um Sleep, detect thoughts, hold person. Um, oh, they have dimension door. Why would they be trapped down here?
1: Yeah, oh, I noticed that immediately as well. I mean, they.
0: What about using a bone nega so that the nega has been killed? Oh yeah, that's, that's 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 fun. Yeah, it's, it's CR four, so it's far more likely to just be a role play encounter. Yeah, and it does have hold person, and, and we I, can I say also, that it like, used to uh, be a spirit nega be laying there. And if the, it was a. The, if it was a spirit naga it'll have charm person and sleep and hold person
1: but it's not going to have any of the big nasty stuff yeah like it's not going to have dimension door with, like the bone naga is uh... no yeah precisely and the, and the bone naga like could uh the way they would probably encounter it it it, it would just be a skeleton until i yeah. don't know one of them steps on it and then it just
0: <laughs> well they they <laughs> oh, okay hold on what if we don't call it a bone naga what if it is just this undead serpent that is sitting there? We'll use the Bonega stats. And the Kuwatoa are dreaming it into existence.
1: Ah, perfect. There we go. <laughs> oh. We did it. We th- We Kuwatoa, <laughs> done. <laughs> oh, the Kuwatoa, they're fantastic. Uh,
0: so we're dealing with a bunch of kobolds. We've done underground fishing at a river. We've done, um, uh, there's been a couple of patrols uh, we've got we gotta we have to open areas where there's like just a couple of like chairs in the corner that are cobalt size um yeah like poor, poorly like laid out maybe a couple of um of areas that have been cleared out at some point um you know what if we're tired of the cobalts if it's too much one of them can raise an alarm pull a rope and there's a loud chiming noise that echoes through the tunnels and then <laughs> suddenly no more cobalts
1: because for the because for yeah. the next
0: hour they're retreating back to the real armory and they're gearing the fuck
1: up that's good yeah that's good that's good so easy having having you help <laughs> i have used i've used kobolds a
0: lot and i i have done like this well is, you yeah, this, compared this to my, my thing, four so.
1: years compared to my four years of playing uh TNT and then the one year of dming you're 30 or what or decades i'm not i'm i don't know i don't know how long you have been playing for decades uh, you been said almost, that much it's been almost 20 years now so yeah yeah for as long as i've been alive you've been playing the game <laughs> Oh, God, I feel old. <laughs> you're
0: um, welcome. <laughs> um. So when the kobolds all retreat, they should, it should essentially be an empty place where you're just going to find nothing but nonsense kobold stuff. You know what we're not going to have down here? Puzzles. Yes. Right? There's not going to be any puzzles the same way there's not going to be any light. Um. But maybe we will find a couple of really, like, antsy, scared kobolds that are standing outside of the first literal door that you find everything else here is just switchback tunnels and scrambling up to the next platform or um crawling down a little cliff face that's 12 feet high to get into the next area like it'll be more natural there'll be wide big open areas and then there will be a gigantic like because the sapphire dragon would have had a massive 25 foot tall iron door that yes. has been warded that nobody can get through. So they've got to take the cobalt tunnels around, right? So yeah. we should run into an empty trophy room. That would have been the Sapphire Dragons, right? Yes. Uh, they are
1: militaristic.
0: So you'd find, like, war machines there, wouldn't you? Like You would find just... evidence of that, right? But yeah. there wouldn't be a whole lot left over. Like,
1: no, anything because magical. It, it yeah, it, to- it took it stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like war machines and, or similar, like, like you said, uh, there would be weapons, weapons,
0: wow. weapons and like uh, siege weapons as well. And yeah, maybe there's a bunch of banners hanging on the wall, but some of the banners are missing. Right. Of, of long forgotten kingdoms that you to yeah. war. Maybe this Sapphire dragon was collecting all of the evidence of defeated people to learn what not to do in combat. You know what their great mistake was was they didn't think about flanking in in the riverbeds, right? Like some yeah. some sort of shit like that. And that's so you would find evidence of long forgotten um ancient civilizations, the yeah, losers exactly. of wars, right? So
1: Yeah. And he he's trying to better his tactics with by collecting all this shit. If we
0: learn from our mistakes, let's learn from others.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean I think I mean that works perfectly because like the like one of the like the paragraphs for the uh, sapphires is just art of war. Right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. So so it, that makes perfect sense. They're very bronze. I get a very strong bronze feeling from them. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, I, I think so. I bronze are low key one of my favorite dragons out oh, there. Same. Um,
1: they're so much fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, because they're going to get involved, which I like. Yeah, them. exactly. The um sapphire dragon itself okay i want to ask they need mm-hmm. to get information from the sapphire dragon right yes is that information going to be available here will they still get it or do they have um, to find the sapphire dragon uh
1: they're so they're mostly looking for the sapphire dragon itself but okay. they know that they're not gonna i mean they i i think they know that they're not gonna find it here because they would have they're or maybe I don't know how they're replaying. Actually, it's been a while since we played in that campaign, of course. Uh, but we're getting back to it. So um, I think th- there has to be like evidence. Like what it would about... probably it would probably have like a map of the area for its next like layer. Well, they all have multiple layers, right? So yeah, exactly.
0: So I would absolutely put a map on the on the wall, right? And, and have yeah.
1: this island is crossed out right yeah and then there's uh other like small x's or something yeah. or circles. sorry not not uh, like circles that circles for possible. where the layers
0: are and then the yeah. this one is x'd out and then something do do any of them speak draconic I'm assuming the dragon rider does oh yeah the dragon rider does then I would I would put that right in then it says um um uh I'm going to systematically over the next few months start relocating uh this layer to this place I expect I'm going to make this my next home, right? But I would put this very very deep in the, in our dungeon so that they've got to uh to figure that out, right? Yeah. So, this is the evidence they're looking for, it's going to point them to the next thing. Yeah. So they would know where to go next. So, um but so yeah, I'd have a couple of antsy cobalt guards outside of an actual door uh which is going to be completely out of place. Like it's a door that they stole from a Drow palace and yeah. it's like made out of like intricate carvings in in ivory of like twisting vines to a spider god and shit like that you know what i mean and then yeah yeah, yeah. like very then,
1: out of place for kobolds to have like why the fuck would a kobold have something at drow made yeah and uh and there would just be a couple of like like crossbows
0: that have been rigged up pointed at the door so <laughs> you just get to pull a rope and it shoots at the door so they're clearly they're not guarding something to keep people out. They're guarding something to keep something in, right? Yeah. And so then, on the other side of this door is going to be this pool of Kuatowa, right? <laughs> like you open the door, and a foot beyond the door is just water. And oh, on the that. far side of, of this <laughs> of this little inland pond that's underground is a large, um, <laughs> like a large raised platform. Yeah. That's out of the that's coming up out of the water with the massive
1: skeleton snake on it. Yeah, like a, that's, like a that's, snake skeleton, which is gonna be our bone. That's brilliant. Uh, I love <laughs> I love that. I love the innate fear of the cobalt, just like, yep, nope. <laughs> Crossbows. <laughs> Break them up the door. Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I like the idea too of them opening it up and seeing this be, and the players being like, I don't fucking think so. No, we're gonna close the door again. Yeah, and like the little like fish head pops up out of the water and blinks and then like <laughs> disappears back into the water and then on the next round 25 fish heads come up <laughs> um and uh and and their, their question is would be like who do you worship right are you here for and then whatever the name of the bone naga is you give them an yeah. actual name right exactly. are you here for the serpent god and then made up word right yeah, um, exactly or do you worship and then Drop the name of the deep dragon. Yeah. Right. And no matter what the answer is, it's a bad time. If they say, No, yeah, we totally believe in the bone god, they'll be like, Yeah, yay, come join us in the depths, and they just start to wrestle them in the water. Right. Or <laughs> or like, no, we believe in in the or who is the dragon, they'll be like,
1: Oh, come and listen to us, and then drag them into the water, right? Yeah. Like they're, <laughs> they're all well, no matter what the players say, they're gonna get dragged into the water. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I. Oh, uh, that's what we should do for the kobolds. Is they've got um. Let's give them hold person. What do we have on the spell list for Ooh. for the kobold? They they've got some sort of priest
1: or something, don't they? It's a, it's a. I think it's just a sorcerer, isn't it? I think so. Uh, I I don't remember the precise name, but it's it it gives a, a draconic bloodline feels. The archpriest. Uh, there, yeah. there. it is. Yeah.
0: And they have hold person, so they've oh. got. Uh, they got all sorts of stupid shit, which is great. Um, They're a cleric. They're spirit guardians and spiritual weapon and mass cure wounds, which will be so annoying when they're fighting the kobolds. And suddenly <laughs> they all get healed up. This is where I would have a couple of arch priests down there. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, just have this weird little, this. it's a large room, it's a pool of water, and they won't let the players leave. And I would have enough kobolds because... Or sorry, enough Kuwatoa, because the Kuwatoa are like CR one quarter, right? That you've got to... Oh, wow. Oh, you have to use the action economy for these guys. Oh, yeah. This is where you're going to be blowing all of your area of effect spells and wiping these guys out, right? Um, But uh, they've got 18 hit points. Fireball will kill 25 of them at once. So we should have 100 of them in here. (laughs) Yeah. and I, and i would give them resistance to fire
1: if they're half submerged right oh yeah, i mean yeah that just makes sense like you're not the fire is not going to be as effective in water <laughs> lightning though <laughs> oh absolutely if they cast a lightning spell that's uh that's uh, that's at least an extra dice or however however i decide or yep. however said person decides to rule it so like um... that,
0: that's that's <laughs> <laughs> and if we want a couple of tougher ones too, you can throw in a couple of the Kuatoa whips as well. Those are CR1. They've got 65 hit points and Ooh, fun. um they've got um the ability to grapple, which is fun. If they hit you <sighs> with their pincher staff, then it grapples you. And you know, fun. two or three of these guys. Remember, if it takes an action to break a grapple and three of them have you grappled, it takes yeah. three actions to get three of this, right? So um oh, and that and oh, that, that has 10 foot reach. So you, you can't even hit them with the sword, right?
1: Yeah. That's, but, that's just that's just fantastic.
0: This to me feels like the um the actual mini boss in here, right? That you're oh, gonna yeah. get halfway through, right? Your players yeah. are probably gonna want a short rest after that. Um, and I would interrupt that short rest wherever they stop for that short rest. That bone nega, I who I would leave inert for this entire encounter. Yeah. And yeah, the moment absolutely. they rest, the bone nega rises up and starts to talk to them.
1: Yeah. Or that you know, in this chamber is definitely that time to short rest because the kobolds won't go in here, yeah. And if uh, if they decide that
0: they're gonna pick a different place that they can barricade a small tunnel, they get a short rest in there, the bone will then approach and try to talk to them through the whatever the barricade is, right? Yeah, um, and the bone should come with the warning, right, and a way to deal with the kobolds, uh, from here on out. We've created at this point, there's probably like 12 rooms, um, full of little incidental bits and pieces in between. Um, we've got the island itself, the, the guard room at the beginning, the trapped corridor, and we'll use other traps too. Like, yeah, of course. Um, it's kobolds, you yeah, can, <laughs> it's, it's like their whole shit. Trap <laughs> and it's gonna be the same trap over and over again, right? And your players I, yeah. will learn that, and that's okay right so they will learn to either avoid it or they will disarm it somehow and that's yeah that that's all right the moment it starts to become tedious is the moment i say the kobolds wouldn't trap it this deep in their own home so now i don't yeah. have to use traps anymore because the players are getting bored of it yeah right? exactly so we've got an armory full of you know an empty, uh, that's full of weapons but i mean it's useless kobold nonsense we've got uh fungi covered guard drakes and underground fishing where i would have kobold like commoners that are non combatants and maybe kobold women and children oh yeah oh, which yeah. which is to say there's no such thing as a kobold woman because they can change their their sex at any point in their lifetime when they want to and yeah. the children would just be little hatchlings running around right yeah, that,
1: so, oh that that uh, that'll play it nicely
0: <laughs> um and then uh we've got uh like a couple of patrols, random patrols they'd come across. At some point, a kobold rings that big chime, and we've got um, a big uh, area for um, where there's that deep dragon, or sorry, where the sapphire dragon had the massive uh, doorway as well. Yeah. With the trophy room. So, but by the time Jeez. that we're done with the Kuatoa, I think that we're slowly getting to the point where we're running out of kobolds. Yeah. And and what we've done instead is put a time limit on it. The bone nega should be that you guys have an
1: hour at most
0: because those kobolds are
1: coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the bone Naga would probably know that, like that, that, that battle has been rung.
0: And I would just would... give them the ability to sense shit around. Like technically it's a God that the Kuwatoa dreamed into existence. So they would, <sighs> they would dream that this is a, this thing can sense draconic creatures. It knows that there are, Exactly, one thousand eight hundred and seventy-two kobolds, You know, a kilometer b- beneath us, uh, and yeah. one big dragon between here and there, right? Yeah. Um, make sure you stay to the left and like guide them to the deep dragon, and then you have your big deep dragon encounter, right?
1: Yeah. Ooh, excuse me, I'm starting to yawn. Oh,
0: well, it's late there now. We've been we've been recording now for like two and a half hours.
1: I mean, it's not late late. It's I mean, it's just. It's like I eight. know how exhausting it's, it is after D D though. I always want to nap when I'm done. Uh I yeah, I mean I, I would I wouldn't have minded a nap, but like I, <laughs> I can go I the the work I work I, I work at a factory, so so I work for five days and then I have I'm off for five days. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I get and like it's and it, but in those five days I work six shifts. Okay. Yeah. So like on some shift changes, I only have eight hours before the next shift. So I'm getting used to just like being awake. <laughs> so I'll yawn, but I'm fine. I'm fine. We can we can we can press on. I am so good.
0: Well, I'm just wondering what else do you want to accomplish down here? Because we have covered a lot. Um, we don't have a whole lot of magic to play with, which is okay. Um I mean, and... yeah,
1: that'll mostly just be in the encounter itself with the deep dragon, but yes. like or whatever,
0: and that's whatever that's the, the people other thing
1: listening to... decide to put it there. <laughs>
0: That's the other thing to bring into this as well is that you have layer actions for this deep dragon as well right which is the oh, um there's the slow spell uh <laughs> there is uh mossy sludge so everything is difficult terrain and there are yeah. toxic spores
1: all the way through this right oh, fantastic yes you're absolutely right That's- so
0: every time that you are in a room where there's nothing happening you can hit them with one of these three things. And I'd only hit them with it once because so, we're doing a whole dungeon crawl here, right? And if it's, yeah, if it's 20 toxic spores are hitting, every time your characters
1: are going to die. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, like there are fungi that emit toxic spores, right? Yep. That's uh, the myconids. Well, that's right. So yeah, that's...
0: that's if fun. you wanted a <laughs> random encounter of myconids in and around the mushrooms, that makes perfect sense as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just a couple of them. I wouldn't do the whatever the monarch is.
1: Is it just a monarch? I don't remember now. Uh, uh, they've got like a
0: queen or something. Uh,
1: yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I, I I had it open earlier. I was like, oh yeah, these are things, <laughs> but I didn't um, like look at them. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's. So I oh, would right. use them if you
0: want something a little bit simpler than myconids. Um, I would use veggie pygmies and just play with them as mushroom people as well. They're very similar. Um. So there are a lot of options. You can lean into the draconic side of things, you can lean into the fungal side of things, or you can lean yeah. into the um the sapphire um like you have to think about what's in a sapphire dragon's layer and then remove 98% of it. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. Just have just have remnants. Exactly. Like, and like uh, the the that it, it used to be here, but now it's definitely something else.
0: Uh, The other thing that you can do if you didn't want to send them all the way across the map to talk to the Sapphire Dragon, and I don't know about your campaign, you make your choices, but for any listener, another thing that you can do is have the Deep Dragon in their, um, like in the final room there, resting on the, like, just finish eating the corpse of the Sapphire Dragon, but what you gave them ahead of time is a speak with dead scroll. Oh, yeah. And that's how they'll get uh, the information out of the Sapphire Dragon,
1: yeah. right?
0: What that also lets you do is have, um, is really ramp up the evil narrative behind this Deep Dragon as well. Yes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Now, do you think they're going to fight the Deep Dragon? I, I, yes. Knowing, I think I'm not calling my player players murder murder hobos, but they're murder hobos. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes.
0: When when, when you run across. <laughs> When you run across a dragon in a dungeon, like it's right in the name, you're going to fight it, right?
1: Oh my God, we did the thing. We put a dragon in the dungeon.
0: <laughs> but here's here's my question. When they the fight, thing, guys, when we fight the deep dragon, does it turn around? Like, like I think at some point it hits the one third of its hit points. And if an adult, it's smart enough that it is going to burrow down into the Underdark.
1: Yeah. Like, reinforce. I, I, I a hundred percent it is definitely going to run like this like this he is not in his home terrain technically he's underground but he's not in the under dark yeah. that's not too far away so he can burrow away to to like his home terrain recover because he this is definitely this is the power play he's trying to gain more influence in the in the above world i would
0: also have him retreat and then you have a random encounter with him later when they have finished whatever another quest is by level yep. like fourteen or whatnot. And then you can they are on horseback riding back to whatever city they're on, and suddenly a deep dragon swoops down out of the sky going for the kill, right?
1: Or or because they burrow, I think it would be
0: fun to have them burst out the ground. Even better, but like because they can fly, because they can burrow and they're out in the open, they're far scarier than just standing yeah. still and fighting, right? And 100%. so that's that's Terry's big thing and always has been. In all the dragon episodes is if they <laughs> well, can pick, move pick him up them drop move. him <laughs> pick him up and drop him. That's also his favorite, isn't it? Pick, pick <laughs> him up and drop him. Or no, his favorite thing, I don't know if you've heard this one yet. His favorite thing, I don't know if we released the episode is he's dealing with a dragon that can burrow right now. So it's grapple, burrow, at burrow
1: and burrow go. Down, right? Yeah, yes, yes. And then, he then has head back up. This I yeah. have heard this. I have. I just I because I, I just remember the chromatic episode so so plainly. It's always pick him up, drop him, and drop yeah. the dragon on him. <laughs> it stands um, out as like a, such a such an out there thing to do. <laughs> oh,
0: it's that's so Terry. So, um, <laughs> so. Is there anything else that you want to cover on this, or do you think that we've got the skeleton of a pretty good dungeon so far?
1: I think we have a solid skeleton of a dungeon. I think that the number of rooms that you put in here, how long are your sessions, by the way? Oh, my sessions we start around 10, go to like four, so six hours five, six hours, because we, we're a friend group, so we spend an hour talking.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's everybody, yeah yeah exactly um, so
1: i think i'd say uh on average four and a half depends on the plans on that day because we, we we go early because we plan saturdays for now so we can like go early well early 10 10, 10 a.m yeah at uh, two like four because then one of us has to go to work around five ish so okay yeah, Well
0: that brings a- us to i guess the point where this is probably a two session episode or a dungeon right yeah one being session one would start with you getting your ship and then having your aquatic encounters your random encounters get to the um get to the island and then get into the actual dungeon itself and then the second session would pick up probably somewhere around the guard drakes right we should have some natural barriers if there are guard drakes in a zoo where they'd be able to like barricade a door or whatnot to be able to get a short rest. So maybe between sessions they get a short rest because they're hiding in this the these pens, the stables, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, yeah. and, uh, and then you can start off, you can hit them after that with patrols and uh underground fishing, um, the kobolds retreating, the kuatoa, the bone and then the um and then the deep dragon fight itself or session two. So yeah. That is a good size, solid dungeon. You're probably looking at between fifteen and twenty areas, not including little corridors. Solid, and uh, and remember, that's just because they get whatever the information is, the map that they need, or they speak with dead with the sapphire dragon, or they send the the uh, they either force the deep dragon to retreat or they kill it. There is a time limit. Those kobolds are coming so actually make them leave and i think maybe yeah. they should hear more chimes again signaling the kobolds are now on the attack
1: right yeah and then and then because kobolds are kobolds they're definitely going to be chanting just 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 with their fucking shields and spears or whatever just like chanting going towards them you're going to hear them before you see them
0: yeah i think so and and they will be moving so quickly right, um, just barreling down. Your guys still have to crawl through some
1: tunnels, so they're moving yeah. at half speed. Oh, definitely. These fuckers decided to be like six to eight feet tall. I'll allow it because <laughs> I think it's hilarious because this is just going to get more difficult for them now. Yep. <laughs> um, but I love the
0: idea of them getting out, and uh, they bust out, and the kobolds won't leave the um, the shadows, right, with their sunlight yeah. sensitivity. So even though your players get out and get away from them and they think they're safe and they're fine, depending on how many resources they have left, how banged up they are from all of this, and how much time I have left Absolutely. at the end of my session, I will then drop the monster huge spider on them, the one that yeah. has been living on the island as well. So,
1: And then, and then of course, it all depends on uh the time of day on the island. Like, is it night? Then the kobolds will probably go out. Yeah,
0: and I would say that I'm going to have uh look. Crocodiles can swim. Lizard folk can swim. Dragons Ooh, can swim. Kobolds can fantastic. swim. There's oh, nothing I mean, in yeah. their stat block that says that they can't. So these I guys mean, should I, be chasing I, them,
1: I, yeah, like 100%. athletic checks on the canoe back to the or on the rowboat, yeah, back to the 100%. main. Hundred percent. I mean, it's it's like um, I don't remember in which episode or which one of you said it, but like. It feels like uh, the dragons are like a base, and then you add on to it. I feel like the yes. kobolds are very are very much the same. They they take aspects of the dragon they follow. I feel. Hundred percent. I agree with you. Hundred percent. So um, there we go. That gets us. It, yeah. That
0: gets us so, out of it. There's no real safety till they get back to the ship. Yeah. Right. Um. And uh. And they will succeed. That's the point of this, right? So they yeah, will exactly be the next step further in their narrative. So um, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, about this before we wrap up the episode
1: final thoughts I think that this is an absolutely fantastic podcast and uh, I've, I've had a fantastic time uh making this thank
0: you this has been fun I I love dungeon design it's one of those things that got me dming in the
1: first place so this oh, yeah I, this is me. yeah this is absolutely fantastic I mean I, I'm just so I'm, I'm at such a lost loss for words and thoughts. I mean, I, th- I think the tiredness <laughs> doesn't help.
0: <laughs> Are there any people, uh, social media accounts, projects you're working on, anything you'd like to mention on air? Uh,
1: any shout-outs I, you want to give? Uh, I mean, I could shout out, like, I just want to say uh, hi to my uh, buddy that I will eventually listen to this. Uh, he, uh, Christopher, or Dan kind of butchered his name. He didn't really, Dan got, got his name really well in a, in a Mailbag episode, actually. Oh, yeah? Uh, Christopher, because it's just it's just Icelandic. It's just yeah. Islamified. Uh he's the one that uh got me onto the podcast. And uh I just wanna give a small shout out to him. He's he's a great guy. Well, thanks uh, to him as well. Uh, fantastic. Then. Yeah. I, and um uh, social media, I don't I'm not really on it. I and the small thing I'm on it is barely like lookable. So no, not really. <laughs> yeah, you, you seem
0: you seem almost almost sane. So I assume that you're not on social media. So um, all right, then let's, uh, I'm going to wrap this up then. Um, that's all for this discussion on building a dungeon. Uh, thank you, Andre, for choosing this topic, uh, creating this with me and, uh, supporting the Patreon. Thank you to all the listeners for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, a store with some It's a Mimic merch and a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Theme song.
1: my favorite things in D and D first and foremost is like the politics, like how, how, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, uh, but like, I, I think my, uh, my, my, uh, friends, there are a lot, some of them are a lot like hacking slash, which is fine. You play the game how you want, like, yeah. but they, they, they won't play. They're not, they're not, they're, they're a good sport about it. <laughs> but like my things by far is when, uh, Christopher, my, my buddy, he ha- he he's a very good DM. He doesn't believe he is. He is though. Uh he does politics so well. And I am so uh I'm not mad, I'm a bit, I'm a bit disappointed. I was playing a barbarian who had very little to say about anything. But me as a player was like, I want to say so much. This is this
0: is the big problem that I have all the time is the low intelligence characters out the high intelligence players,
1: then the players I, feel handcuffed. Yeah. I mean, I play, uh, how I play barbarians, uh, I know, uh, I think Dan plays it what, low intelligence, Oscar, the orc? He tries. He <laughs>
0: is <his> Oscar's <laughs> low intelligence for the first four sessions.
1: And yeah. then suddenly Oscar's putting together the puzzle pieces because Dan was thinking about it at work last week. Right? Yeah, like, I, I play barbarians quite differently. I, I dump my charisma because I look at barbarians as, well, they're barbarians. They're not going to have, like, good social etiquette or – it it depends on how you look at it because yeah. if
0: you want to talk about noble training and being able to use the correct fork at the at you know a banquet, that's intelligence, right? I mean, but yes, if you course. talk about being able to negotiate, that's the like uh with a bartender, yeah.
1: that's going to be charisma, right? I so mean, it depends yeah, I was on playing. How a, it's a okay. I I just have to share this. Because this is just such a fantastic. The fact that he allowed me this, by the way, <laughs> is, is insane. Uh, I was playing a Goliath Barbarian, nothing too odd, Totem Bear. Okay, now we're getting sure. spicy because and then a, a, a fucking <laughs> cherry on top as a werebear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, shit got uh, interesting fast because I, I, I pitched it to him. It's like, can I be a werebear? He went, okay. But that and then I became a not a detriment to the party but I was a ticking time bomb oh it was so much fun
0: <laughs> I have been wanting to give my players like anthropy for so long but my problem is I don't know how to do it without it being something like do, if they're
1: able to control it then that's fun but that's just a super barbarian right yeah I, I we um what we did I was born with it because I didn't want that oh remove curse bullshit I was like no fuck you exactly no wish you're gonna to have to wish my motherfucking shit out of this <laughs> and then uh and then he's then we did like a we originally we did a saving system but the paladin kind of fucked it up <laughs> so we changed it so it was just a luck of the die mm-hmm. if i roll below a five or uh, when i when i do if i if i get excited like it, this was like a all right you rolled a not one or not 20 roll the die let's see what happens
0: and almost i did wild
1: magic right yeah almost wild magic or if I took X amount of damage, like your con times your level, which at, at certain levels at Barbarian, you're rarely gonna happen. Yeah. Or or like when you rage, when I raged, do the do the check. And then I would go into a blood rage, as I like to call it. You just the next the next living thing next to me, well, guess I'm killing it. I
0: have that on my um crit failure table, whereas <laughs> if you roll, I think a two on the crit failure table, you have to attack the nearest creature to you with the most <laughs> brutal attack that you have at your disposal. <laughs> so if you, like, for example, the the bard who swings the sword um, gets discombobulated in the moment, like misses so badly and freaks out, yeah. And then casts freaking finger of death on the cleric, <laughs> like it's it's fucking wild the the shit that can happen on that. Yeah. I have tried to tone down the majority of my crit tables to be yeah. flavorful but not crippling, except that thing. That one stays because it's always ended up being hilarious. So
1: yeah, I think it's 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 a lot of fun because um, especially as that barbarian, he was such a clusterfuck <laughs> i'll be honest with you <laughs> i have yet to meet a barbarian that isn't I, very fair that's very fair <laughs> but uh yeah this this guy uh uh oh my god he we he gave us all like slumbering items as well so and he had difficulty finding one for me i was like just give me a hammer that i can call back simple as yeah give me a millner, a mjolnir thing and he was like "I cool and, like, that was, like, a a, a, ta- a thing I was attached to, because barbarian, big hammer, bump, you know. Yeah. But um he once made me just outright just want to go into blood rage when we were arrested. Our stuff was cons- cons- con- confiscated. Oh. Thank you. This is what I <laughs> <laughs> mean. Um, and he had guards both use my uh, alchemy jug and my hammer as a weight. And uh, as a uh, Goliath barbarian, fuck off, you touched my stuff, you're gonna die. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yep. No, but uh, oh, fantastic times I had in that that campaign. Do you DM? Uh, I do, uh, every now and then. I am not, uh, I'm pretty new still to it. Uh, uh, technology, uh, put him in the game. Oh, God. Oh, my phone <laughs> opened. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> An interview I was watching just opened up, and, and somebody wa- walked in the door. Sorry about
0: that. <laughs> no worries. I got to ask you. That's funny. That'll end up in the blooper reel. Um, Way. <laughs>